Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. And thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Conservative Conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And tonight we've got a few uh, topics for you, as we do each week. And uh, tonight we'll be hearing from some folks uh, who uh, weathered the storm, uh, so to speak, down in Florida. And we're also going to discuss if, you know, Florida, not just Florida, just the infrastructures, you know, of just any really state in the nation is ready for, you know, a real uh, natural disaster. And we'll be uh, talking uh, and part of that uh, with our friend, Dr. Colbert, uh, he's from Florida. We also are looking uh, hopefully hear from uh, our friend Cindy as well. Uh, she's from Florida as well. And she has family over in Texas. Uh, so perhaps we'll hear some firsthand accounts uh, from that as well. Uh, I know there's a lot of people still who are out of power uh, there in Florida. I know uh, my brother lives down there as well. He's uh, in Lutz, Florida. And yeah, he actually got lucky, I guess, because we said within five minutes before he, he, he came back, out of te- uh, back into Florida, uh, his electric was actually back on. Uh, but, I mean, I guess, you know, you said most of the damage was uh, yard damage, but, uh, you know, it just depends on, I guess, where you went in Florida. He was kind of in the middle uh, there of Florida. Uh, but, of course, that hurricane was massive. Uh, I know it covered what would have been uh, the size of Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. So it was, it was a pretty massive hurricane. Now, you know, of course, it did uh, go down a couple of categories or so. Uh, before I believe it hit the Florida, but we can hear more about that from uh, our panelists here tonight. And so let's go ahead and hear from them uh, by first uh, welcoming uh, our friend, Dr. Tolbert. Thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for uh, allowing us to speak. I had hoped we would be able, and maybe we still can get some more people on the show. We had, um, put together a list in 2012 and sent it to all the governors on what to do in the case of emergencies. And although we don't always condone the actions of all of our governors for many political reasons, 
we do have to this time give Governor Scott uh, credit for several things. And the first and foremost is what Texas and other states did not do, is he called 7,000 National Guard people up uh, a week prior to the actual hurricane and was putting them in place. And although there were still issues on supply, evacuation, and rations, uh, it was better than it could have been. Uh, Key West was 25% destroyed. Uh, 50% of Florida was out without power. I'm in Okeechobee, well, Florida. Well. Uh, we've been without power now for, uh, well, since Saturday, and we'll probably be without power for another week. What we're wow. trying to do is... Yeah, and, well, they've got places in Florida that's not going to have power for a month. Uh, Now, you're talking about the United States of America, whose infrastructure is so bad that they cannot recuperate in less time than a third-world country. And that, I think, should be the topic of the show. Uh President Trump wants to work on infrastructure, and he wants to redirect funds to infrastructure. And none of the governors and other senators are taking in consideration of the natural disaster which uprooted uh, my sister's home in Houston, Texas. Uh, Then we look at my son who was in Fort Lauderdale. A tree fell on his house. But him and my grandson and her family all went to Georgia to a park. Well, guess what? Trees were falling down because of Hurricane Emma, and they were stranded for two days in the cabins in Georgia. That's how bad this really got. So what is the FEMA doing? Why are we having trees fall on power lines why from october through april and may are individuals not preparing for natural disasters two weeks ago prior to this all happening i told everybody to get their gas get their generator and get their ration it was a storm coming up out of africa that storm was going to track and was going to come and i was praying that it would move more east, and it instead went more west. Well, the more west it went, we actually suffered less than what we would have had it came a direct path. It actually skirted the west coast of Florida. People in Florida waited till the day before the emergencies. They did not adhere to the mandatory evacuations in the Keys, along Tampa, Fort Myers, and other places, people continue to not understand. Preparation is a drill that you learn. It's like a fire drill. Mandatory fire drills are once a year for every business, so you learn how to get out in case of fire. Had there not been a hurricane, and had you done everything that you should have done, you would have been prepared for the real hurricane. So I had a full tank of gas. I had 20 extra gallons of diesel for my truck. I had a a 6KW generator. 
I had all my water and foods. I'm in a travel trailer uh, in Okeechobee. We had winds up to 70 miles an hour. I had it tied down and blocked. I had it stabilized and lowered so that it would not pick up the wind. I pulled all the slides up. I went into backup um, mode. I suffered no damage where other people had problems because they did not prepare. What we're doing now is we're actually establishing a new list of mandates that we're going to circulate, and we're going to ask everybody to add to this list, not only about the governors of all the states calling up the National Guards, not only the reserves of rations being stored in safe places, not only gas stations mandatory that they have generators, which is an absolute must, not only do we have FEMA clearing the roadways, not only does the power and light companies need to make sure there are no trees that are going to fall down. Why would a telephone pole not be able to sustain a wind of 150 mile an hour? How can they not know that this is what they have to do? Why would they put their power stations in direct relationship to coastlines? Why haven't they infrastructured and maintained? Why are our bridges so old that they can't take, or our dams, or our waterways, our railroads, our airports? All these factors. Here we're in 2017 with all the lessons we've learned And America cannot even do this. The answer is simple. We're the 33rd nation in education. We lack the knowledge. We have 50 million illegal immigrants that are maintaining houses that are substandards. We're paying $4,000 per immigrant. When you take and look at our infrastructure, our medical care, the lack of Congress's input. You have a new president that did everything he was supposed to do. He got no backing from the Congress. We have governors who have failed to do what they were supposed to do in advance to force the power companies care and maintain their structures. We have homeowners that the insurance companies should say, if you have a mandatory evacuation, and you do not evacuate, we will not cover your losses. What that is saying to the homeowner is, you prepare for the hurricane, but under the insurance company requirement, if you do not leave and it's mandatory, we're not going to cover you and you will sign a contract. We would have more and more people that would evacuate. You cannot maintain 150 mile an hour winds in the Key West. It is impossible. There were southern uh, Okeechobee where they were concerned about the high winds of the hurricane blowing the water uh, the southwestern parts of the Okeechobee Lake. They evacuated that area even though they felt it was safe. Even though they felt that it had no extreme problems, they still evacuated it. And there was damage. Sebring, Florida, uh, we work with people over there that houses were totally destroyed, and they're like 
50 miles from where I'm at, the entire Port St. Lucie, Port Lauderdale, the size of this hurricane and the direction it went and the things that it does shows you how little America is ready for these natural occurrences. Now, people are going to argue and say it's climate change. They're going to tell you it's because we're not controlling the climate. They're not going to sit there and say this is a natural occurrence. It starts as a dust storm in Africa, as it has for thousands and thousands of years. It gets built up because we have warm temperatures, because we're not getting the rains at particular time as we go through certain seasons, and we have an increase. It was predicted that this year there was going to be problems. If it was then predicted, why didn't the governor take actions? Why did people not back up and say, I need a small generator? I need uh, gasoline for my cars. People waiting four, five, six, seven hours to put fuel in the car two days before a hurricane. Why would they not understand that if you fill your car up, let it go down to a half a tank, have 10 gallons of gas as a backup gas at your house at all times, recycle that 10 gallons every two weeks into your car and refill that 10 gallons. That 10 gallons will take you three to 400 miles away from wherever you're at, and it should be on reserve in a ventilated, safe environment. People don't understand how the military has had to operate. As a retired master sergeant, I've lived in Alaska at 70 below zero for many months. I've lived in Arizona on the desert. I've lived in Iraq and Iran when I was there during the embassy change. I spent years in Vietnam. So all the actions that I had to do there is nothing more than an emergency action you face in Florida once. The actions of your soldiers is what they face, what you just went through, they go through daily. So the American people need to learn. We need to bring back the draft. We need the young men to get reacquainted again on how to survive. That's why you can't survive. You don't have the training. All the elements of training, preparation, having things on reserve, the, the structure, we have bridges, 100 years old. We have dams and, and, and houses uh, that are 50, 70 years old that don't meet any kind of standards. And who is doing anything? The banks are being controlled by Europe. Your funding is off. Your credit bureaus are a fraud. Your motor companies are now making all their vehicles from other countries. Uh, They are not able to sustain the weather and hazards. So that kind of gives you what's going on, uh, Robert. If you'd like me to continue on that subject, I will, or we can change the subject. Well, we can still. Now, one of the things uh, you, you mentioned earlier, and I find it kind of baffling when it comes to the uh, the infrastructure. I mean, I know it'd be it, it would come a massive cost, but I always want one of the things I've wondered is two uh, or two things. One is why are not I, I mean, I don't know. I don't live in Florida, uh, but much as it is here on the in the new. You know, new uh, you know new homes, new you know when they build the new neighborhoods, things of that nature. The electric is underground, 
So what I don't understand is, especially in areas where it's known that have storms with high winds that can blow down the power, I mean, wouldn't it make sense to be proactive and actually put the uh, the power lines underground? Now, I mean, are the power lines, as I said, I'm not from Florida, but I know there's a lot of places up here still that have the power lines, frankly, including where I live, uh, above ground. But we don't get, you know, at least a hurricane or tropical storms or anything of that nature <laughs> on any kind of, you know, regular basis like they do in Florida. I mean, uh, uh, they still have, you know, a lot of, you know, power lines and things above ground down there? Over 90% of all their power lines are above ground. Very little has been done, and it could be because of the water level uh, prevents some things from happening. They also look at the cost. Uh, the uh, power companies are now looking at different um, types of poles in order to do it. Uh, the structure of the houses within so many years have to meet 110 mile an hour, but the old homes are grandfathered in. Uh, there's very little, uh, the construction is doing underground oil piping from Canada, uh, millions and millions of dollars being spent. Uh, being paid to the state of Florida and other states, but very little is being done to protect the actual citizen in in Florida right now. Well, and also I wondered, you know, coming with being in Florida, you know, I mean, I know you guys get your your rains and things of that nature. Why is they don't have any, you know, a lot of like backup generators, things of that nature, powered with you know solar panels, things of that nature. Uh, and I want to make, I want the I want to make a quick point before <clears throat> that I wanted to make earlier. It took uh, traffic-wise. You talk about the evacuation. Is that you know? So when my brother he did leave. I mean, actually, a couple of his uh, sons came up here to Ohio, uh, and I was actually able to visit with them for a little bit. Real quick, uh, uh, folks, uh, would like to chime in. Just give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight on any of the topics this evening, uh, or. As you pointed out, Dr. Pilber, in your email, uh, you know, other topics if you wish to throw those in. And if you are on the line, which I do see there's folks already, just push the one on your number dial, and uh, we'll get you into the show. And, again, the number is 347-945-7428. But, anyway, so he was coming back, coming, you know, or leaving Florida. I think he – and he's from, you know, in, in between Orlando and, and Tampa, I believe. And, I mean, it took eight hours or seven hours – just to get out of from, I guess it's central Florida uh, to Georgia, and then another eight hours just to get out of Georgia. But, you know, people were evacuating. I can't remember what day that was. I think that might have been uh, Thursday of last week Thursday, uh, right. that they and, left, and, you know, perhaps. Yeah, but it's just like I told my son, leave on Tuesday. I went Tuesday to Miami. I picked up seven people from Miami Tuesday, and I moved them to Orlando. And they said, well, can't we wait? I said, no, we're going to do it on Tuesday. We got them out of there on Tuesday. On Wednesday and Thursday, that same trip would have taken 14 hours just to travel that 200 miles. All the gas stations, highways, and roads were totally blocked on Thursday and Friday. My son left Fort Lauderdale, drove up, picked up my grandson, who's in college in Tallahassee, went to Georgia, 
It took them 17 hours to make that trip only to have them in a campgrounds on a mountain in Georgia. The trees all came down, and they were locked into their cabins for two days in in Georgia. So it's hard to retreat uh, when you're going someplace. The big thing is is carrying the supplies with you, carrying the food with you, having the extra gas with you, being protected for your trips. Because if you don't get out, if you see that storm that's coming across and you look at the European track, forget everybody else because they don't know what they're doing. The European track is the only accurate track right now. If that European track shows it coming up to the Gulf of Mexico, Prepare that it's going to hit Florida. Might not. May it turn and go west or go north? You don't know. Why take the chance? The 90% of them will make a right turn. They will head north before they hit Florida. 7% will move down to Cuba, go across, go up the Gulf, and they will go into Texas and Alabama. But that 1% to 3% that's going to cross Florida is what you always need to prepare for. This storm that we just had is allegedly the strongest we've had in 100 years. It was a storm that downgraded to a, to a, uh, a, a 3. It was a 5 when it hit Cuba. Had it not went across right. Cuba, it would have hit us with a five. So add a three of 120-mile-an-hour winds, 130, 140-mile-an-hour winds, we couldn't even withstand a hurricane three, category three hurricane in Florida. Could you imagine if it had turned sooner, had it not went over the mountains in Cuba? Just think about what would have happened then. I mean, it would have been three times worse than what we have. Ten-mile-an-hour winds makes a difference tremendously of a roof staying on or not staying on. Yeah, that that that's incredible. And then with the with, with the infrastructure, you know, back to that, you know, as we said that stated earlier, that is one, you know, with one of you know, Trump's big, you know, plans, a big part of his agenda, which of course Congress not much uh, with that. Uh, and you mentioned money and the, the first thing that comes to mind to me is my gosh, I mean, we're spending all this other money outside of our nation, you know, outside of the country, and so much of our money is outside of the country. I mean, maybe it's no wonder that – and you mentioned things that are in our country that are paying for, like, illegals and things of that nature. But also think of all the money that's being spent outside uh, of our country uh, well, think that of can NATO. be used think here. Of, yeah, think of NATO and, and – and, uh... Uh, the other organizations that we're partnership with where we're picking up 60, 70% of the tab or the money that we're putting in other countries to get them to stay on our side, we're buying their friendship. And when we stop buying Mm -hmm. their friendship, they then go toward Russia and China. And this is what happened with Venezuela. Venezuela got money and support the president from Russia and China. So what they did, they turned against America. And because of that, Venezuela is becoming another communist dictatorship like Cuba did. Take and look at South Korea versus North Korea and how we put millions and millions of dollars in South Korea. If we put restrictions on North Korea, 
and the goods and products of China and Russia that support North Korea, what is going to happen to our relationship with South Korea? So all these political things is a money-buying relationship. Have you ever noticed when you're financially secure, you have a lot of friends, and when you have no money, you have no friends? <laughs> yeah. That even gives well, the personal the finances too, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it does. It's it's your life. When I had an airplane sales company and I was making a quarter of a million plus per year, I had hundreds and hundreds of friends. When I became a pastor, it's everybody asking the same thing. We want money from you for our needs rather than them going out and learning how to take care of themselves. And churches... And the social government has stopped the American people from being productive. We're no longer an industrial uh, country. We no longer produce our goods and products. We no longer are putting, uh, we've allowed companies to move overseas. Swift Foods is one good example. Ford Motor Company is a good example. General Motors, Chrysler, uh, our concrete companies. The people that come in and build our barriers who that would build the wall and around uh, the borders is going to be from Mexico. Uh, we have the migrant workers who's taken all the jobs from the low-income families. So we have families now that can't uh, eat. Uh, the I have a student loan of a quarter of a million dollars, yet foreigners can come and get free education. Uh, oh, that military, drives me absolutely insane. Yeah, the military... Uh, are not getting their education paid for, but they serve their country. I just submitted a form. It's called the public service form because I'm a 501c3 as a pastor under my student loans, and I have an online academy. If I was a nurse, I could get my loans forgiven. If I was a school teacher, an ambassador, or a senator. But a person who took care of three women, women who is a caregiver, who served in the military for 22 years, who does street and prison ministries, who works with the homeless, who sets her and makes sure and teaches on the radio, who is a nonprofit 501c3, doesn't get the same considerations as a senator who serves four years only and for life gets a free education. We have so many problems in the way we've set up America today. We were talking about the uh, new immigration uh, program, and, and, and I'm kind of moving into that because it all ties together, and that's why I was trying to do that with you. Uh, the state of Maryland has just opened the doors where illegal immigrants can vote at a city level. So I went and looked at it, and I said, what's the legality of that? Is there a legal reason? Because we know that under the federal laws, you cannot vote unless you're a U.S. citizen, either through naturalization or natural, and that there is no way you can do it. Can the states then control the illegal immigration votes? And the answer would be the state constitution would have to say that illegal immigrants are not allowed to vote. So the governor then and the Congress of a state would be the ones who dictated. Well, at one point in time, there were very few states that allowed illegal immigrants. Now, the state of California is working with Mexico, allowing illegal immigrants. The state of Maryland 
is now allowing illegal immigrants to vote. So all these illegal immigrants are associated with the Democratic Party, associated with George Sawyer's. All these factors that are not being told or talked about are also impacting upon your infrastructure. So if you have that you're supporting illegal immigration and you don't read the article Virtual Reality Visa, if you don't read the articles that I have on calltoduty.org on how the Constitution talks about what we should do and how we should at state level control immigration because it is a governor's problem and the governor's not forcing their own problems. There's a talk about changing the tax laws and going to a flat tax versus going to H.R. 25. All of these factors of decreasing money going out, increasing the amount of money that we are picking up at state level through federal taxes, the restructuring and and rebuilding of a 100-year-old America to re-educate and teach because the three keys are defense, education, and production. If you are not educated, if you don't produce, and you don't defend, you don't have a country. So we're not educating. We're 33 on the list. We're not producing any products. We ship them all overseas, and we have no defense. So how are we going to sit there and do anything in an emergency if we can't do a simple hurricane? How how can we not be prepared for that? How are we going to be prepared for a war? How are we going to be prepared for defending our country? Yeah, we don't have true. the military. Yeah. Why didn't Donald Trump or somebody put on guard a thousand people uh, someplace? You know, we had Navy ships that had to go into the Keys in order to take care of the people in the Keys. They did. Trump did get Navy ships there. Should they have been on standby? Should they have been prepared? Should all this stuff been pre-organized? It's a learning experience that everybody has to go through. Fortunately, we did not have, I think we've had a total of 12 lives lost in this entire procedure in Florida. Sounds like a lot, but when you give consideration of everything as as a whole, 12 is not a bad number. Uh, unfortunately for the families and the friends, unfortunately that these things happen, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of animals and pets uh, were abandoned, uh, not taken care of. Uh, Senior citizens' homes, this is where I wanted to get Sally on this show. In Hollywood, Florida, there were 12 senior citizens died because of lack of power, no backup generators, and they died from heat exhaustion. And, you know, Sally's working with a 100-year-old lady, and she asked that that lady be released from the senior citizen home and put under her care and protection during the hurricane, and the state of Florida did not give it consideration and did not allow her to save or take care of that lady. Now, I'm not sure. Sally says she's going to talk to me tomorrow, and I wanted to get Sally from on the show uh, tonight because there's so much that she does uh, from the standpoint in transportation, talk radio on Monday, and 
and things like that. But all these factors are part of everybody thinks that the Senate or the Congress or the state governors or the taxes or the immigration have nothing to do with the emergency of a hurricane. I'm sorry, folks, you're wrong. It all is a factor. When you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are living a third world country, living in structures that are not sound, that are making minimum wages, that are taking income from your family and friends who are being paid and educated, and you're not protecting your own family, when you're not being allowed to get a job, when you can't rebuild or prepare, when you can't buy a generator or put fuel in reserve, when you don't have the money, when you have stores and people that are ran by outside countries that are not concerned that they are going to increase the prices in order to make more money off of your hazards, this is a lack of supervision by our governors and our senators and hopefully not our president, that he will come to the conclusion that after he sees what everybody did, in fact, he's going to be in Key West uh, tomorrow, President Trump will be, um, overlooking and seeing just like he went into Texas. Uh, it's an education. You will make a decision based on your knowledge and experience and advice given to you. You will then go in to see what took place and what should have been done. Then you, you come back and you say, this is what we did not do, and this is what we should have done, and this is what we're now going to do. Many people don't want to admit that a trial and tribulation is a learning tool what not to do next time. We can't always make the right decisions. Turning you might like the politicians that they keep voting in over and over and over again. <laughs> well, that's exactly correct. Why do you keep voting in the same person and does the same wrong thing? Uh, because it's like people say to me, I don't want to talk to you. You're non-party affiliated. I only want to talk to a Republican. I only want to talk to a Democrat. Uh, they don't look at the track records. They don't look of, well, it's like medical marijuana. All this money going to go into build facilities and open doors to medical marijuana. Uh, guess what Florida has now? The highest drug and cocaine use, uh, metaphines, all these other things. And now we're opening the door to marijuana. What's the purpose behind it? Uh, it's been shown that marijuana will deplete your brain. It will give you the lack of activity. It will give you cause of depression and insecurity. Medical advice has been not to do it. And here we are. We've let politicians in. We've let them vote. We've let Morgan and Morgan to put up the money to, to fund it. One of the biggest law firms in the United States uh, everybody keeps going to people and doing things. Um, Scott is going to run for the uh, U.S. Senate. What has he done to prevent uh, and protect America? He's walking around with a hat on from the Navy. Well, Scott served two years in the Navy uh, on a ship as a radio operator. Now he's showing, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in the military. Or you take Morgan and Morgan. Uh, who's going to run for the governor of Florida, uh, who's not doing anything to help the infrastructure. Uh, all these items could have been reduced. Could have we avoided everything? No. Could we have reduced it? Yes. 
When could we have done it? Well, we could have done it over the last eight years. We could have done things with the infrastructure over eight years as the governor of Florida to prevent 70% of the problems. 70%. When you lose uh, 50% of the entire state not having electricity within a one, there's a real problem for lack of supervision for FEMA and for the power companies. There's a really yeah. I didn't think attack. of that. I didn't know it was that extensive down there. Oh no, it was fifty percent lack of power in the state of Florida, uh, the uh, east coast of Florida. Uh, there's still twenty eight hundred people on the coast. Where I'm at in Okeechobee County, fifty percent of the people where I'm at don't have power. Uh, we're now what four days. Um, I'm prepared. The campgrounds I'm staying at is not as prepared as I am. But the point mm-hmm. is, is that how many people, you know, and you sit there and say to them, this is what you got to do. Well, everybody waits till the day after or the day before. <laughs> uh, I took yeah. my generator off the ground uh, the, the week, seven days before anybody knew the hurricane was coming, and I put it in the back of my truck. And I tied it down because it didn't need to be on the ground. It needed to be in a safe place. I went out and I bought 20 gallons of gas. I filled the truck up with diesel, bought extra diesel. Everybody was worried about fuel. I'm sitting there saying, well, you knew this was coming a week ago. Why didn't you do something? Well, you know. I think we're all like natural procrastinators. Well, that's exactly the fact. And in the military, you cannot be a procrastinator. So one of the things that if we had more military people and if we had the draft again, and people don't understand this, the draft teaches people not to be procrastinators. If we bring back the draft or when we bring back the draft, when we reduce the prison population, when we keep the families together, when we get ourselves reorganized as a Christian nation, when we put this all together in a proper format, we will not have the problem we had in Florida during emergencies and and, and uh, the hurricane. Uh, this is not just the state of Florida. This is all 50 states that cannot survive under the problems. Uh, again, you know, you look at uh, Dominic Republic, you look at uh, Puerto Rico, uh, you look at the structure and problems that we're having on the Virgin Islands, um, we're we're doing nothing. Um, uh, the UN, uh, Sally just sent me a message. They'll have power next week. <laughs> wow, that's How's crazy. That for a good follow up, yeah. Sally uh, is an internet specialist. She works. Well, what, what part of Florida is she in again? She's in Orlando. In Orlando. Wow, that's my my brother's not that far from Orlando, then. Yeah, well, I have some friends in Orlando that are not having problems, and then I have other people in Orlando. Like, I'm sitting on the northeast part of Lake Okeechobee. If I drive 30 miles north, everybody has power. But if you, from where I'm at, and you go 70 miles south, nobody has power. So it was about the structure, the poles. You know, it came down, trees were falling on top of the electric wires. 
they would not have these power problems if they would have trimmed the trees last month. No, And you know how many people could have earned a living just cutting down trees? I mean, you know, unfortunately, most of the people well, cut down trees them. are illegal immigrants. Yeah, but most of them are illegal immigrants even. Um, so, you know, we're not we're not doing anything anymore. When I was a young man and I had to go work on a farm at 13 years old because my mother and father didn't have any money and, and, and they were poor people and we had to go to a well uh, down the city block to get our water and earn 33 cents an hour and be working cleaning outhouses and picking corn and, you know, you, know, you join the Army at 17. Kids today don't do that anymore. Our population is totally in a different state of mind. Our teenagers don't even look at it. Uh, They have to restructure it. And the reason they don't look at it is because their parents don't see it. Their, Their grandparents, my father and mother, understood the problem. I understood the problem from learning from them. My children have learned the problem because of what they've taught one of my sons was in the military. The other one is in construction in Georgia. Um, they were prepared. In Georgia, uh, my son owns a farm up there. He has a 15 kW generator. And people came and set up, and he supported them to make sure they were not having a problem. So their interaction with community is people that know what to do, how to do it. And yet, we're not seeing that. Churches in Texas refuse to open their doors to help shelter people. But yet there was one mattress store that opened its door and said, You're open it's here. Sleep on my mattresses, sleep on my new mattresses, stay here with your children. Don't worry. So here's a business owner that's doing the job. It should have been from our ministers and our pastors. Why didn't our pastors prepare their churches, which should be a sound structure? Why haven't they opened their doors? Why don't they have backup generators and power? Why have they taken your money and did nothing to help the community? You hear anything at all on the news about any church uh, help shelter, has backup power or support? Nothing. Not one thing about a church doing anything. Mass media is talking about everything except our ministries, our Christians. They're ignoring the fact that our inner structure and the faith of our nation is based on God's interaction to our actions. We've been uh, posting Psalms 91, and people should read it, but Psalms 91 is about if you believe in me, I will protect you. If you follow what I say, I will do for you. So when you read Psalms 91, you really need to read the whole Psalm 91. And Psalms 91 is talking about your faith and your belief in how God works with you. When you pray and ask God for guidance, he will open that door for you. And yet we have decreased the amount of Christians and the faith in America which has created a chaos of misorganization. Our Supreme Court has made bad rules. The Supreme Court has passed laws which were unconstitutional. 
There is now Supreme Court allowing illegal immigrations based on a federal uh, right of immigration rather than the state right. No one is talking about the Tenth Amendment. Uh, we're allowing the Supreme Court to not uh, let uh, Trump to be the president. We told Donald Trump, put a hold, put a moratorium on it, tell the Congress they got six months, and then pull it out from under them. And that's exactly what he did. It's called virtual reality visa. It's called a mandate. You go through a background check. You pay the state or the federal government a, a fee. Uh, we set the fee at $1,500. You would then go through that you are here illegally, so you're on probation. So we're going to put you through a probation period of two years. That means you do not get food stamps. You can, you can get a work permit only if you're sponsored by a family member of your community or a church. You would not be allowed to get medical care by the government. You would have to get that. You could not send money out of state. After that two years of probation, you then go under the seven-year naturalization law. So if you have good moral character, because you cannot be a naturalized citizen without good moral character. And if you're illegally broke into another country or somebody's house, your character is not good. So we're going to put you on probation. If Congress does not declare illegal immigrants as invaders, then the federal government has no authority over immigration. And that was proven by the Supreme Court in cases in Arizona, Texas, and New Mexico, that the state is responsible for all of this. Can California say, I'm going to let illegal immigrants? Unless Congress says they're illegal, they're invaders, California can do it. Can Maryland do what they're doing? If Congress doesn't do nothing, they absolutely can do it. Well, here's the problem. The decrease of funding for the federal government, if we don't rewrite the tax laws, if we don't do away with the IRS, if we don't go to H.R. 25, where you pay your taxes, federal taxes, at the time of purchase, these illegal immigrants are going to be funded and paid for, not by California, by the other 49 states. You're going to be putting well, your money. Well, that's California state because now they're talking about seceding from the union, which would be great. Because if California was to ever leave the United States, there would never be a Democrat president for the next 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's one of the problems. Should they should they uh, leave and 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 do that, they will become part of Mexico. Uh, that's why the Mexican president uh, is now in cahoots with the state of California. Um, the population of California is mainly Hispanic. Um, it is becoming a real problem, and our lack of uh, proper control, it would be ridiculous for people to think that you should take a state like California and think it could exist without federal help. What would happen if the earthquake or a typhoon or hurricane comes into California. Do you think that they would survive without asking for federal assistance? No. They would all of a sudden now expect federal assistance. 
Who do you think puts out the fires that go around the whole state of California? Who do you think puts millions and millions of dollars in the state of California? Why isn't the people aware of the fact? Well, that's San Andreas fault goes, and let me tell you, they're going to be in big trouble, huh? Well, no, that's right, because there is a prediction at one point in time there will be a separation of that fault that the the, uh, California will definitely not be part of the United States. Uh, it will be yeah. underwater well, at some point in time. <laughs> not yeah, not, not physically. You will not be able to visually see it. Um, what are they doing uh, to ensure protection? Uh, who who do you think is paying for the seismic checks? Who do you, you know? No one is telling the people of California that the federal government's involvement in California is actually protecting the state of California. Uh, what's going to happen if there's a war by North Korea and California is going to be the first uh, state to be hit? Uh, are they going to say, well, we don't belong to the United States, so therefore we don't want uh, the United States Air Force Army to come and help us? Is yeah, anybody ever thinking big pictures? There's, there's no big pictures being looked at. It is a group of individuals who have only their own self-interest that is trying to get the people to turn away from the United States. Yes, we are a federalism. Yes, we have 50 states which are states of sovereignty, which are their own little nations. Yes, they have their own laws. Yes, they have their own rules. Yes, there are 17 rules, 18 rules under the federal constitution where the federal government should be reacting. Yes, the federal government has exceeded their their authority. So does the president downplay, get us back to the 18 rules? Does the Congress become more no party? Does the American people realize that the Democrat and Republican Party is unconstitutional, that there is no rights or authority to have an incorporation dictating the rights of the people? Do the American people understand the antitrust violations by two political parties? Has anybody filed grievances besides me with these other countries? We call these other countries the sovereign states, the 50 states. People aren't really fully comprehending the Constitution. They don't understand that we need to close the Department of Education, the the, the EPA, the Drug Enforcement. All these places don't belong to the federal government to include the Department of Immigration. It is not legally, constitutionally, and if we downplay this, if we pull out of the United Nations and the, uh, the, the U.N., uh, if we pull out of NATO. Say again? I said, do you ever think that, that's gonna, that that would happen, that we'd actually ever pull out of the United Nations? I think Trump is giving a lot of thought to the fact the United Nations is not supportive of the United States of America. Well, that's, the United a, Nations that's for sure. And it's in New York, too, right. There is, but that's even being considered to be relocated to a different place. That's now on the verge of going out of the United States and New York into another country. Uh, the um, well, how would be uh, lack that? of the, the lack of uh, there is no support for the U.S. 
uh, did you hear the United Nations really going in and uh, doing anything against North Korea yet? There's been talk, but they haven't no. done anything. Uh, have you seen any of the countries saying, you know, Trump's saying we're not going to support uh, any goods or products going into North Korea. And any country that puts goods and products in North Korea, we're not going to support it. China says, well, wait a minute, you guys can't do that. You know, we're the one with all the money in North Korea. Uh, we don't like you anymore, Trump, uh, if you do that to North Korea. Russia is saying, wow, that's where we get all of our free labor from, and we we get our goods and products from North Korea. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, where's the U.N. when you've got two countries and groups of individuals whose own interest is greater? We're behind on the nuclear power. We're behind on our Air Force and our Navy. We don't have the ground forces anymore. These other countries have greater power than we do. When are we going to look at the infrastructure, production, education, and defense? The articles the president needs to concentrate on are what we've been talking about, infrastructure, education, production, defense. If he does not do that, we will lose everything we have in America. We will become part of the Illuminatis. We'll become part of the one world power. Uh, we will no longer have a United States of America. It will be dictated by groups and individuals uh, That's where we're heading We've been headed that way since 1950 And it's getting worse and worse every day And one of the things in our uh, later tonight We'll be talking about uh, Of course Trump draining the swamp And why of course uh, At this time the swamp still remains But let's go ahead and bring in An uh, uh, old friend of ours uh, it's Good to hear back from him on the show and I was wondering if there's time as well here on Bart Roger. And let's go ahead and welcome Dan Gray. Thank you very much, Dan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, uh, overstuffed. I just ate a giant meal of rice and beans, and so uh, I'm not sure how much blood is actually getting to the brain. Hopefully I'll at least be entertaining. Uh, it's great to hear from you, Bob. And I, I do want to say before anything else, uh, not about politics but about character, the fact that you have stood up and are continuing to stand up and make sure that you tell the best truth you can find and listen to all parties concerned to try and find that best truth is really inspiring to me. It's, it's been very discouraging personally, um, and I know a lot of patriots feel this way, uh, with the, the censorship that's been coming down on uh, all mm -hmm. the social platforms uh all the forget the mainstream media espn for god's sakes a sports network uh you can't you can say what you want about trump uh or about white supremacists uh, those few that exist um but you can't say a damn thing about black lives matter or about antifa or about anything else i have so many friends who have are losing Money, uh, they're losing livelihoods, they've lost jobs, um, family, friends, all for just trying to speak the truth. And I really appreciate the fact that not only do you speak it, but that you listen to opposing views and try and treat them with respect. Thank you, Bob. Oh, yeah, Dan, appreciate it. 
Yeah, let me pick that up a second on Black Lives Matter for people that don't know. Black Lives Matter is actually an organization out of Europe, out of England, and it's a black Muslim movement that got into and got involved in Michigan and a couple other people don't fully understand this. This had nothing to do with the African-Americans. So I don't want people to get confused with African-Americans and Black Lives Matters organization. There was I have to take movement. exception with that. Um, I do extensive research. Not only do I do extensive research on the web, but I know people on the left. I used to be a progressive years ago. I'm a constitutionalist, and I guess the last 20 years of my life are pretty exemplary from that point of view. Um, And BLM is not European or Muslim. It is leftist. It's not liberal. Liberals are going to get the bullet, too as Sargon of Akkad likes to say on the Internet, uh, it's the truth. Uh, The leftists, who are very similar to the European leftists, have made a deal with the devil, with uh, Islam uh, and radical jihadis. And the reason is simple. It's sort of like Hitler and Stalin. Um, Both were identitarian. Both were socialist. Both were... um, totalitarian regimes both sides used force against anyone who wasn't of their group and it was based on external characteristics plus they used force on anyone who was opposed to their group and even went so far as to use force as anyone who wasn't enthusiastic about their group i have some friends who are just out at the net roots conference which is a very progressive conference out in, it was in uh, atlanta this year And they were just uh, on the radio talking about, and this is a black dude. He's an American black dude. He's actually half black and half Mexican from Chicago, from the real crime areas of Chicago, no suburb guy. And how offended he was by the fact that they wouldn't let white people speak because they weren't authentic, because they didn't have the experience when there are poor whites who have the experience and there are rich blacks and it's, it, we should all be taken as individuals. Um, when I look at, at uh, the, 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 you're talking about draining the swamp. When I look at that, the, the story in the Washington post today is particularly appropriate. Uh, there's now a record number of rats in D.C. Now, I had to go to D.C. a couple of times last year for various conferences for a a tax organization, a think tank out of D.C. that I was working for. And I don't sleep really well when I'm away from home. I don't sleep a lot when I am at home. I'm usually up during the day. I'm up during the night. I like to take naps. So I went for walks and, you know, I didn't see any crime. Thankfully, nobody tried to accost me. But I saw two things in D.C. last year that really uh, just like shook me profoundly. In the day, you see the monuments. You see all the marble, all the fantastic infrastructure. They've spent so much on that, that place. But at night, you notice all the homeless people, tons and tons and tons of people. And we're not talking about people who are getting Uh, you know, who have figured out the system and they're working it and they're getting all kinds of great benefits and sitting on their couch eating Cheetos, getting a new tattoo and playing video games. We're talking about down and outers, people who really, really need job training and a shot. They need a chance. The only ones who seem to be helping them in D.C. are the churches. And the other thing you see are rats. And you see them at night, you see them in the day, all 
over the place. Well, I don't think Trump is interested in draining the swamp. I don't think that he's going to drain the swamp. I think what Trump is interested in is pragmatic deal-making. This is why he's not going to pull out of the U.N. Um, he, he's not going to pull out of any group. And I'm not saying this against Trump. I, I, I think this is actually a good thing in the president. Uh, he's not going to shut off communications with anyone. He talks to everyone. He'll make a deal. He just made a deal with some Democrats. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't the best deal in the world, but considering how poorly the mainstream rhino Republicans have been treating him, he needed this deal. <laughs> yeah. The country needed this deal. He made a deal. That's what he does. The, the United States is in danger not so much from foreign entities as we are from just complete corruption and degradation within. And, and folks, it's our fault. We're the ones who keep reelecting it. Another story, top story right. today. Uh, Fifteen U.S. mayors who are currently under indictment, convicted, or have resigned due to child molestation charges. And we keep reelecting them. And you, you, you see, everywhere you turn, it's not just the big politicians either. How many of you have had personal experiences with churches, little leagues, PTAs, uh, fire com- volunteer fire companies where someone stole, where someone was placed in a position of, of authority, of responsibility, and they misused it. They stole for their own benefit. And the reason they did it was not just because people are tempted, but because they knew that we don't care. Folks, you don't care. And you're not going to care until it matters to you. Well, if it doesn't matter to you by now... I, I say that you're, you're not the enemy. It's, I'm not going to be like George Bush and say uh, you're either with us or against us. My attitude is that you're either with us, against us, or you don't matter. Okay? I am not going to join the side that's on the ascendant, the, the winning side so far of internationalists and socialists and identitarians and victim preachers who who just go around pretending to have virtue for the sake of um, getting power, okay? It's not about winning alone. You can win on bad terms, and if you win on bad terms, you're no different than what you were fighting against. There are plenty of us still in this country, and I think this is the only reason why God hasn't struck us completely off the face of the map, Um, and that's, that's... a personal thing. I mean, I'm not talking about uh, revelations or any of the rest of that stuff. I don't know. I'm not a very religious guy. But um, we still have a lot of virtue in this country. If you look at Texas and you look at Florida, yeah, there are egregious examples of bad looters trying to rescue sneakers mm-hmm. from, you know, and there, there are right. people who are trying to steal from the rescuers. But most people down there are cooperating. They're, they're, they're helping each other. You saw tremendous amounts of pictures coming out of there and video of people helping each other with absolutely no regard for whether uh, you're black, I'm white, you're white, I'm black. None of that. We didn't care. Here's somebody who's having a problem, and we helped him. And I have personal friends. I mean, this is people I actually know, not just Facebook friends or whatever, who have been making trips down there 
they're they're gathering stuff up at motorcycle dealerships and at uh, churches and all kinds of little local civic places and fire companies. And they're taking campers and semis at their own expense and bringing stuff. And they're not giving it to the big organizations like the Red Cross, who take all the credit and all the money and do practically squat, according to a lot of local government (laughs) officials down there. They're, They're giving it to people on the ground who have experience with organization and helping each other, primarily churches, but there are a lot of civic groups as well. And they're not asking them, are you a Republican or a Democrat? They're not asking, who did you vote for? They're not asking them, what's your, your belief? Uh, you know, do you like white people, black people? Are you Christian, Muslim, Jew, agnostic, atheist? No, they're just saying, you're an American you need help, I'm an American, and I'm in a position, and they're helping them. And that's tremendously inspiring. But we're up against a big, I I don't know, it's not really a conspiracy so much as just a group think, where you'll see something on the news, and if you flip the channels quick enough, you'll hear almost the exact same words. (laughs) And with all the 300 million people plus in this country, and yet... Yeah. It's the same exact lead stories on every single news broadcast. And yeah. if you're on, you want on the Internet, if you're on Facebook, uh, they're, they're purging that. A million a day they're taking off there. And a lot of them are fake or scammers, but a lot of, of sensible people who, uh, you know, you can't – you've used a term. You used a word. You put up a picture that someone might object mm-hmm. to. Um, but it's not across the board, because if you use words and terms and pictures that others don't like, but you happen to be one of the favored victim groups right now, then they're not taking you down. They're promoting you. Can I interject something in yeah. there, Robert? Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Number one, the funding for everything you're talking about is, number one, is George Sawyer's. And number two, there's a couple articles out right now about Black Lives Matter and how George Sawyer is funding it and how the Black Lives Matter are now trying to take down the Jefferson Monument and how you use the terminology that I use, the Islam, the tie-in, the leftist. Uh, this is all part of the same scheme. So what you're saying is exactly what I said, but you're saying it in a different way. Because as I listen to you say it, you got more detail to it, but it comes to the same conclusion. You go into the funding of George Sawyer's, who should have his citizenship removed. He should be taken out of the United States. There's many illegal or naturalized citizens that are here for the purpose of destroying America. And when we look at what's happening with our statues, our history, our monuments, and we're looking at the leftist organizations and the funding by guys like George Sawyer's, we're not really teaching this to the American people. We're giving them only a sample of things without them seeing the whole thing. Our, you know, I'm a pastor, and I've been a pastor since 1999, and I have a master's degree in theology along with a master's in education, a doctorate in education. I'm a 22-year uh, veteran, I, a retired master sergeant. Uh, I've been teaching the Constitution, writing articles now for 15 years. I ran for the U.S. Senate, governor of Florida, and I and I ran for the president in 212, all learning experiences so that I understand the political arena. So I understand exactly what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you. 
the people in America, though, don't know what you're saying. They cannot tie that together. And that's where we come down. I have been involved with the black community. I work with the black community. I work with the African-Americans. I work with the prison. In fact, I was married to an African-American. So I know more about an African-American community from a Caucasian viewpoint than a normal Caucasian would. I work with Venezuela. I work with the pastors in Venezuela. I work with all the churches throughout the United States. I have online academies. The people in China, Thailand, Korea are working with me. The people in Yugoslavia and Russia are part of my network. I have a million followers. So everything we're talking about, people are saying one thing to me. If we lose America, we lose our freedom. Everybody outside the United States wants us to stay a superpower. Everybody that doesn't want us to be a superpower wants to control all their countries. That's why we need to stand up. God has to be the final thing. My job is to bring God back to America. So everything I talk about comes down to one configuration. How do we get God back? My resume is sitting on President Trump's desk. He was acknowledged my resume with my background, my history, my education. Will I be the new communication director? Will in November I be a no-party-affiliated person that's going to help reorganize the White House? Well, when God told me to send the resume to the White House, he said, President Trump is in office so that you, Pastor Charles, Apostle Charles, Dr. Tober, retired Master Sergeant, you can help bring God back to America. So my viewpoint is a lot different than most people. But believe me, I am well-educated on everything you're talking about. I have a discerning spirit. I don't disagree with you. I do agree with you. But the people in America don't understand what you said, nor do they understand what I'm saying. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, first first thing I want to say is, is kudos to you um, for all you've done. And... Uh, I have to say personally that I envy you. Um, I, I've been listening really carefully and bad to speak to me. And uh, uh, so far, it's just a still small voice of conscience that uh, that guides me. I, 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 I don't know um, if if that's how it works or or how it's supposed to work. I'm not a very religious guy, um, but. It, it must be very reassuring to to have that sense that uh, you're being directed by God. And I agree with you that God, or at least, if nothing else, the sense that there is a, a greater power than us, a sense that, that there is a, a firm, real morality, not this situational ethics of whatever the, the, the circumstances permit or call for, that's important, and that's what America has lost in our leadership, but we haven't lost it on the ground in a lot of places. I see Americans, like you're saying, who are confused, who are, who are uneducated, who, who don't understand, and you've got to realize we let the schools get this way. It took generations, and we kept allowing it to go bit by bit. But I run into folks. I talk to folks, and they talk to me. Um, I have people now um, who are are becoming activists who I met as as clerks 
at uh, convenience stores or uh, people who worked at uh, you know Lowe's or Home Depot or places like that, where I made an offhand comment and about politics, about something that was appropriate, you know, the price of something, the availability of something, and they came back with information, and I said, well, why don't you take a look at some of the stuff that I'm doing? Here's here's how to find me on online, and you don't have to participate unless you want to. And you'll find that there are a lot of people who do participate in discussions with me who are they know more than I do about all kinds of situations. I learn from them. You might as well. And while you're doing this, I will say that if you choose to speak, uh, the only rule that I have on my social media pages, which are fairly successful, I suppose, is you will treat everybody in a respectful manner that you can challenge their viewpoints and their opinions and their facts all you want, but don't call them any names and don't make fun of them and don't belittle them because they're where you were. And maybe even someone new might have some, some new uh, perspective on things. Now, Mm -hmm. another thing I have to agree is that uh, as, as I think it was Reagan, I'm not sure, but I think Reagan said that America is the last best hope of mankind. And if Liberty dies here, there's nowhere else to go. There are no more wildernesses. Um, we are under assault. And, yeah, it's not just from, from George Soros. He's he's a major uh, organizer and funder of all this stuff. But the large corporatocracy out there, the, the top echelons of most of the major corporations, some I've mentioned just, you know, Lowe's, Home Depot, et cetera, uh, Walmart, uh, Google, uh, take your pick. Go, go look at the Fortune 500, uh, look at the uh, New York Stock Exchange, the Dow Jones, and you'll find that almost all of these corporations have decided that on a profit and power basis, it makes more sense for them to go along with the anti-American crowd. The reason they're doing it is is all, there's only two possible reasons other than Let's say you have somebody who is actually foolish enough to believe that nonsense. And these are smart people running these corporations. So I, I have a hard time believing that they believe in communism, socialism, radical Islam, any of these totalitarian things. Um, so why would they do it? And the answer is either they think that they're going to come out on top, and there's a real good chance they will, or they're appeasing. They're, they're afraid of the firestorm that will come about if they do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing or don't support the right causes. And so they're kind of like, uh, you know, um, like there's an alligator, and if you keep feeding it chickens, maybe it'll it'll get to you last, you know. But when I meet all these Americans, I, I, I can't help but think that it's not just foreign influences or big money influences. It's our fault for taking it too easy, for a guy having a kid and not staying, even if it's tough, for somebody having the kid and not having an abortion, even though it's tough, for somebody getting an education or working a job or volunteering their time, or do, and there's plenty that do that. There's millions upon millions who do that. And I hope that things are starting to turn around because, you know, when you're doing well, when 
the economy is doing well, your job is good, you have toys, you have perks, you have vacations, you can fix anything, buy anything. People don't worry too much. And why would they? Right. When things aren't quite so well, they start looking around and wondering why. And the first thing they'll look at is whether or not what they see matches what they believe. And this is the tough one, because people would much rather stick with a belief, even if it's not true, because they're so invested in it. But when you start hurting, when your stomach's growling, when you see injustices, when you see police forces not behaving properly, politicians not behaving properly, preachers and doctors not be- and lawyers not behaving properly, and it starts to affect your life and your friends' lives and your family's lives, then it's very, very hard to maintain that, that false viewpoint when it's clear that what works is what works, what's true is what's true, and that sitting around waiting for somebody else to do it is not the answer. Look, um, Pastor, you're a leader. Uh, some seem to think that I'm some sort of a leader. There are, there are leaders out there, and we're, we're important in a sense, but a leader is nothing, nothing at all without people following them. And ultimately, the best leader is not somebody who just um, gets in front of a parade and says, hey, let's, you're going that way, I, I'm, I'm in front, but who challenges their flock, who, who tells them not just when they're doing right, but when they're doing wrong, and refuses to accept that. I, I don't shun people. Uh, I do shun people's behaviors if they're willing to stop a bad behavior. I have a kid that I used to coach. I was a coach years ago and uh, well, volunteered sports. A lot of us have that experience. It was great. Most of them turned out okay. This kid didn't. Uh, he, he had some problems. Family life was not good. Um, drugs, bad influences. Uh, and, and he got in trouble. And I was in no uncertain terms every time I ran into him or had any dealings with him, I told him that what he was doing was wrong. And, but I never turned him away or said, I won't have anything to do with you. Finally, finally in his 20s, uh, he's gotten to a point where everything that was told to him for his benefit, he's starting to go, well, you know what, you were right. Now what do I do? And yeah, I can't I wait till my daughter him. to start saying that to me. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll wait, Bob. You'll wait a while, but... Uh, Uh, I I introduced him to people who were good influences, people who he could hang around with that were going to accept him as long as he behaved properly. And he's not on drugs now. He he has a small criminal record. He's never going to get any larger, I hope. He's not doing those things. And he's got a job. And he's got a very nice girlfriend. I think they're going to get married and then have a kid, I think, but that's up to them. And I'm really glad because, you know, I have a hard time condemning people. I'll condemn their actions, but I, I wasn't always the best guy in the world. Um, I've done some bad things when I was a young man, and I know, you all know how anyone can be corrupted. You, you see it all the time where somebody, you, how did this person we elected that we knew, per, how did they go so wrong? How did this guy treasurer of the fire company, steal all this money? How, how did this, this person just become a, a sex pervert and, and, and manipulate and violate kids? It's like, how do these things happen? So we know people are corruptible, but 
Yeah. My experience Robert, is that we're all redeemable as well. Go ahead, please, Dr. Please Colbert. Ahead. I do see other folks yeah. on the line as well. I want to interject, you oh, know, oh. two things. Number one is the oh, no, that's relationship. Fine, Dr. Colbert, but real, 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 real quick, real quick, let me just get this. Uh, I do see a number of folks on there. If you'd like to get in, just push the one on your number dial. I'll do uh, get you into the green room, and uh, we'll get them getting you to the show. Those out there also, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And, again, push the one on your number dial and get you into the show. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Colbert. Yeah, number number one, I want to interject the banking system, the Federal Reserves and the Jesuits, and I'm going to kind of stay away from it. But the controlling of the jobs, the income, and what's going on is a matter of the one world part. The next thing, we just brought a lawsuit against all the credit bureaus. For people that don't know, your credit bureaus are Fortune 500 companies that are making multi-bands of dollars. And one of them is Expedia, which is home-based in Ireland. And Ireland is the home of the Masons and also of the Illuminati. They have 15,000 employees, and it's your basis of whether you get credit or not. We just filed a lawsuit against them through the Supreme Court and also through the federal fraudulent acts that we have a violation of five articles and amendments of the Constitution. Uh, When you go into Equifax and TransUnion, you will find that one of them is home-based and owned by the Masons, Uh, so you have the Illuminati, the Masons, the Mormons. Uh, You have the control of the Jesuits through the churches of the Catholic churches. You have your financial basis set up in different things. I'm the guy that failed the first, second grade. I'm the high school dropout, 17. I had to go to jail or go to the Army. I had two sisters committed suicide. Parents were alcoholics. So anyone that thinks that you cannot make it, anyone that believes your past is going to destroy you, you need to rethink. When I wrote my doctor degree, it was how do you succeed? It's called self-motivation. Your parents, your family, your wife, your friends are not the one that's going to give you success. Your belief in God and your own work will overcome all obstacles, no matter what happened around you no matter what you went through, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in God. When God took me out of the airplane business, when I was selling multi-million dollar airplanes after I got out of the Army and became a motivational speaker, he took my experiences and he put me back in school and he taught me more and more through my trials and tribulations. So when you look at your sons and your daughters, don't take on their responsibilities. You teach them to be motivated. You teach them how to overcome. You teach them how they have to go back and learn. They cannot depend on them, other people around them. They have to learn. Success is based on your actions. It's not based on actions of other people. We become who we are because we believe, we work, and we accomplish, and we succeed. When we fail, we learn. When something goes bad, we learn. That's what we were talking about the hurricane today. That's what we're talking about the president and the governors. That every time something goes wrong, we re-educate, we relearn things. I'm an example of a failure that becomes a success because I believe in myself. 
No one does for me what I do. I don't have support groups. I have a million followers. You talk about going on the street. I travel in a trailer for seven years doing nothing but teaching what you just said. I'm in all the Dollar Generals. I'm in all the supermarkets. I'm talking and teaching people. Thousands of people follow me daily doing the same thing you're doing. Doing what? Learning how to restructure, reorganize, and bring God back into America. So know your credit bureaus are fraudulent. Know what the job and what's happening with the uh, Masons, the Illuminatis, the Jesuits, how the Federal Reserves are not owned, how the United States was sold after the Civil War. It is now owned by Bank of England. Learn how the leftists, the right, the independents, the Democrats, the Republicans, whatever you want to call them, it's all about monetary value of three people controlling of the G3s and trying to take you to a one-world power. If you want to believe it, fine. If you don't want to believe it, fine. But the direction of America is going to depend on one individual, as it did in the Bible, when Moses or Joseph or when Paul or Elijah or Eli or any one individual was told to do something, and they did it, that king changed a position and the nation changed accordingly. One person can make a difference in America. Whether people like it or not, you could be that one person. The listener on this radio today could be the one person. The speakers on this radio today could be that one person. We don't know who that one person is God has chosen, but I will guarantee you from a discernment of spirit, we will overcome all the travesties, all the negative things going on in America. God put us here. God controls us, and we will succeed. Now, I just uh, Susan's on the line, but uh, she just sent me an article. I want to get uh, your thoughts on this, folks. Um, I, I find it interesting. It you know ties into you know all what we're talking about tonight, and I find it a little disconcerting. Uh, but let's see what uh, what your thoughts are, and anyone else like to comment? Just you know, put the button on the number dial, and I'll get you in. This one's from the rightscoop.com. Uh, thank you, Susan, for sending this to me. It says, Trump official says he's willing to compromise. And you, you mentioned this earlier, Dan, about him compromising. Uh, but let's, uh, on this specific topic, it says Trump official uh, says he's willing to compromise on the wall to help them pass amnesty. Big question mark. It says, uh, okay, li- uh, says, okay, listen very carefully uh, to this paragraph. It's from ABC News. Uh, the top House Democrat and senior White House official both indicated Tuesday they are open to compromise on border security to expedite legislation to help immigration brought here illegally as children, immigrants brought here illegally as children. So does, does that sound like Trump is willing to compromise on something he wants in order to give Democrats something they want? Isn't that like the opposite of good deal making? Well, you got to realize with Trump. Trump is a, an interesting deal maker. He plays poker. Okay, when you play poker, uh, a lot of people think it's it's down to your cards. And I played poker and I made money at it. Uh, it's not about your cards. All that's a part of it. Uh, and they think, oh, okay, a poker face. It's about not giving away what's in your own cards. And yeah, it's a part of it, but that's not it either. Uh, the best poker players, and not, I'm not talking about those people you see on TV. The best poker players are playing amongst themselves. 
they will manufacture a tell. A tell is something where, you know, you twitch, your eyebrow raises, you right. smile, something that, that gives the other player an idea of what you might or might not have in your hand. Well, Trump has got a million tells, and they're all manufactured. He is deliberately not genuine when it comes to politics. Now, I'm not saying that he's a liar. I'm not saying he's bad. What I'm saying is in that game, not, not, not how he deals with regular folks. When he was at that, that shelter in Texas, uh, you know, and things like that, he's real. He's a human being, and, and he seems like a pretty decent fella. Uh, but when it comes to dealing in business or in politics, uh, you don't know what he wants. You don't know what he intends. You don't know what he's going to do. And that's a major, major plus because you can't formulate a proper response ahead of time which means you have no time, which means he gets what he wants. And if you'll notice in his dealings in business over the, the decades, um, he went through hard times, he went through good times, but at all times, he was always thinking a long game. And when situations changed, he didn't give up the game. He made whatever deal was required for him to continue in the game and to come out on top. And he always came out on top. Even after bankruptcies, he came out on top. Now, in business, some people got screwed. Uh, if he's representing America, and this, this is going to, we're not going to know this uh, until after his terms, term or terms are over, um, when history has a chance to evaluate. But if he's really representing America, and so far, so good, for the most part, I'm like 95% ecstatic about not his, his speeches or the things he's said, the crazy tweets, but about the actual accomplishments, which are not reported in the press. They're amazingly good. I, if Obama had tried this stuff, I would be like, yay, good guy. Um, in the end, what Trump is going to be evaluated on is whether or not he kept America in the game and improved America's position. Now, if he can do that, if and everything shows that he's trying to, if the economy comes back, if we're able to all work, if we want a job, we can find a job, we can move from job to job, we can start our own businesses. If that happens, then we've got some breathing space. We're already spending, in terms of defense budget, uh, the equal of the top eight countries in the world. We're spending the equal of the top eight countries in the world. It's not a question of money. It's a question of allocated resources. When he hired Mattis, when he hired General Mattis, I was like, the, the best guy possible in terms of making our military effective. Um, when you look at his, his judicial nominations, okay, uh, all top-notch. Now, they're not all going to rule in favor of Trump or things Trump likes or believes in. That's one thing that uh, Gorsuch, when he was being questioned in front of the Senate, said, my beliefs are important to me, but they don't matter as a judge. I will make rulings that I'm happy with personally. I will make rulings that I cry over, that I don't feel good about, because that's what the law requires. So I'm not too worried when I see Trump throwing out stuff out there. If you look at it, he's been on most sides of most issues for a long time. That is true. <laughs> that well, is true. He's a politician. The, 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 in this day and age, there's only two 
well, no, sorry, three kinds of politicians. There's the unsuccessful politician who is uh, basically uh, for truth, justice, the American way, the Constitution, and they're pretty unsuccessful. Um, they, they aren't really getting anywhere. The system doesn't want them. Uh, they're out there. There are more and more of them, and they're forming a cadre of future leaders, I hope. But in terms of yeah, success, better. in terms of actually getting agendas uh, passed, getting them enacted, getting money behind them, making things happen, there's ideologues who scare the shit out of me, people who have some, you know, some ism in mind, and they're willing to, you know, by any means necessary, sacrifice whatever it takes to get that. Those people are nuts. I don't want them in power. I don't know how they ever got there. They don't belong there. And then there's the pragmatists. Now, a pragmatist today might choose to say, I'm going to stay with these ideologues because they, they could beat the hell out of me if I, and, and make me look bad and cost me elections if I don't go along. But if, they, if we can just get people with a long enough viewpoint to say, okay, it's not just about you today or next year. It's you in 10 years. It's 20, 30 years from now when you're not even in politics. It's, it's your kids. It's your grandkids. Okay. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how powerful your family is. Ask anyone in Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia, communist China, North Korea, who had those things. If they didn't go along, they got it all taken away from them, including their lives. So there's no, there is no uh, way of safeguarding the future of your children and their children other than taking the long view that freedom, that liberty with responsibility, that our Constitution, written by classical liberals, dare I say it, that that's the only thing that works in the history of mankind. That is the only thing that's ever worked properly. And the only reason it's not working now is not because it failed. It didn't fail. We failed. Um, John Adams said that you know, the Constitution was only fit for a, a just and moral people. Well, ask yourselves, folks, have we been just? Have we been moral? Have we insisted, even if you did that in your own life, have you insisted that your, your representatives act that way? Have you seen them do wrong things and reelected them anyway? Hell, I remember in, in Philly, I, I used to live in Philly years ago, where people actually elected convicted felons. And people who were convicted of felonies involved in, in selling their office, and they, they voted them back in. We, we vote for the wrong people. We, we don't support well, that, the right you know, people. We, and we talk about that a lot. Yeah, we talk about that you know, pretty often, you know, especially you know, with, with Will, even more, I'm sure, uh, in 2018 when you know, the primary act going on, trying to primary a lot of these people out. I think that's a, a good segue to uh, – you know, whatever section we're going to do this to the top of the hour, I think we totally skipped over the stuff on Mueller, and hopefully we'll be able to get to those. And we do have Kelly on the line, like to uh, chime in as well. Uh, but we have, uh, yeah, so I think that's a good segue because we are kind of talking about draining swamp. And I mean, is that something in how it still remains? You know, I mean, no, it hasn't been in even a year yet. Uh, but, you know, be that as it may. I mean, we still have uh, – here's a, an article that I got here. Oh, that's no, a different one. Let me see if I can find it. I got some interesting things up here. Um, 
but I'll go ahead and look for that, and then I'll get Kelly. Uh, finish your thoughts there, Dan. I'll get Kelly in, and then uh, we'll bring over to the the article I want to introduce for us. Uh, for us to oh there we go I, I found the article we'll go ahead and 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 do it that way so go ahead Dan then we'll bring in Kelly then I'll bring that article and go ahead Dan well it's your show and I I think uh, that's the article whatever it is sounds good but I I can't wait to hear Kelly because uh, Kelly is is um, a guy like very few. And I actually know a bunch of people who are that. It's a very small segment of society of of how do I put this? Um, well, engineers with a conscience. I, I like engineers. I like precise people who insist on understanding the real way things really work. And when you find somebody like that who also has uh, a strong moral ba- basis of, of being a good person, they're just they're awesome. Plus, he's got the, the, a sick and twisted sense of humor, uh, which I, I really find funny. So I go, please bring him on. Let's go ahead and uh, yeah, one thing uh, I catch here in the the chat uh it says uh Trump just stopped the China the Chinese from purchasing a, a an an American semiconductor manufacturing company. And yeah, Flycatcher, you wanna give us uh, more info on that. I I've heard a little bit about it but not a lot of details. Uh but let's go ahead and welcome our friend Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? And do you have one of those jokes for us? <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'm just a little. <laughs> uh, well, it's hard to live up to that introduction. Thank you, Dan. And, and Mr. Gray, it's wonderful to hear your voice and that you're on the show again. Uh, I think we've missed you for quite a while. And hello, Dr. Tobin and other people. Um, <laughs> a joke. E. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I, it, it, sometimes I just sometimes it just doesn't happen. Sometimes it just comes into my head. I have no idea where they come from. But uh, <clears throat> maybe I was abducted by aliens a long time ago. But anyway, um, kind of like Congress, they, you know, um, well, I, I'm not a racist um, if you bleed red. So if you bleed red, hey, great, you're an American. But I think our congressmen bleed, bleed green. Because they were abducted, or they're space lizards from outer space. But anyway, the Vulcans, um, they, have, they have green blood. Okay. <laughs> is it Vulcans or is it you know alien predator? I think one of the one of those movies they, yeah, they have black shiny blood. Green. I think I think that well no, no the predator had uh, like a fluorescent yellow blood, uh, and then you yeah, had, it's like fluorescent like radiator I, I think, fluid. Uh, the other one had black blood and Vulcans. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, let's see. Uh, oh, so some news from Tishy County. Um, interesting. We have a town that some are saying that the city hall hasn't been elected in quite a while, and we'll see what happens with that. Small town drama. Um, but the congressman Doug Lamalfa, he's our congressman. His district is 11 counties when you take Siskiyou and Lassen. It's larger than the state of Massachusetts and land area. That's just odd. But 11 counties he represents. I don't even know how he's doing it. But he's having town hall meetings. The only congressman, including the Senate, the only congressman during the August break is, is getting out there and talking to the people instead of playing golf or going to the Bahamas or whatever they're doing. Um, you can fill in the blank when I say whatever they're doing. Um, it's really cool that Aaron Ryan was here 
kind of prepping at the tea party season last night. He, uh, Lamalfa's going to come to Wairika on Monday. Well, she's telling about how a bunch of people on the left are showing up at his town hall meetings, uh, even from Oregon, and they're just being absolutely wacky. They oppose everything. And she even, um, as a, the field rep, she's up there with Lamalfa fielding questions, you know, kind of moderating, you next, you next. Uh, the left will grab the microphone. They won't give it back. They're weird. They team up. They got red cards and green cards for media purposes. They keep holding up red cards, and the media says, oh, everybody's a They're organized. She had a situation where a couple guys in front kind of uh, mouthed racist, we're going to kill you. Weird stuff like this. Um, it's just mind-blowing. It's like, did somebody flip a switch and people are going crazy? I, I don't, I can't. I, it it's seems like, yeah, they're going crazy. It's a triplexion. Yeah, so that, that's an interesting thing. Um, yeah, and Dan, I think um, we're talking about, you know, John Adams' quote, which is an excellent quote, Constitution's made for uh, a moral and just people. Well, used to be, um, you know, the family, they raise their kids, kids graduate high school, whatever, 16, 18, and then they go into politics. Well, these days, they're not, I mean, it's because of the Federal Reserve and inflation, both dad and mom have to get out of the house, and they got to work a lot. Little Johnny's getting raised by the public school system. And just to survive, due to, you know, inflation going off the gold standard, you, you just got people that are just trying to survive, and then when their kids are graduating, they're trying to save money, make more money for college, and so this, this classic, after the kids are gone, run for office isn't happening. And and the family is so um, consumed, rightly so, by the way, they're so consumed with, with raising their kids well that, of course, you got divorce, which is you know, single parents always tough. But you, you've got a situation where the good people are not getting into the positions that they that, that should and some of them, I even talked to my brother. I said, hey, why don't you run for office? No. And, you know, I'll try another day in person with him, but he just doesn't like the corruption. So, well, that's exactly why you got to go into it so that there are not so many corrupt people. Um, I mean, I literally trust my brother in my life. He's an incredible, awesome man, doctor, et cetera, et cetera. He'd win hands down. He just works up the chain of command from school board to to uh, city council, county supervisor, congressman, it'd be a no-brainer for him. Um, he just, he, he loves people. He's a very solid person. But I just, you know, he just is scared away because of the corruption involved. And so that's that's a big problem we're facing. And so, yes, I am kind of quite the quirky anomal anomaly. Um, I've been an activist since I was in college. And I see something I think most people don't from my first experience we got number one with the presidential candidate back at iowa state back in 88 it was absolutely just such an exciting thing to see how you can actually change the world then i went on to uh, county delegate and then district delegate i have no idea how i made it into district but somebody put me there as a delegate on the way to the national florida but i didn't make it to state but that's okay but it what i realized is oh my gosh you can really change the world you really can you get involved and so from an early age, 
that one experience motivated me. I was co-oping, uh, working kind of part-time, but still on campus and all the connections. And we just, we just, oh, I did awesome things. So I've, I've had that experience that yes, you can change the book. Yes, you can do things. I've, you know, and I've, I've had some victories here and there with local stuff and other stuff. Um, so I, I think if people have, if the people would just get out there and team up with other people, um, I think they would experience what I've experienced, that it's not that hard to change things. So, I, yeah, if I can encourage anybody, that would be the thing. I, I want to throw something out before about Trump that I've realized the last few days, which, you know, um, call the demented mind or whatever, but I, as an engineer, I think of options. This option, that option, that option. I recommend to clients, okay, this option. And, of course, there's always the last option, the do-nothing option, which is it's professionally always do that in a report, the do-nothing option. Anyway, um, so uh, Trump, you know, what's going on? I heard a radio show today, like 60 80% of the people in cabinet, not cabinet, but even other positions lower than the cabinet are, like, still uh, Bush- Clinton, um, Obama, uh, hangovers, if you will, which might be a good way is to say hangovers because that's what you wonder is how are they running the government? Do they have a hangover? And anyway, so they're, they're leftovers. It's like, why isn't Trump getting rid of these people? Why isn't he using those famous two words, you're fired? What is going on here? Is it, <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah, I mean, okay, let's look at some options. Okay, A... Um, he's been bribed, blackmailed, threatened. B, he's been in on it all along. C, he's trying, but he's blocked at every move. He is trying, but he's blocked. Okay. D, this is this is this another another option. D, okay. This is under the theory of you keep your friends close, you keep your enemies closer. Well. The possibility exists that he is well. He allowed Rince Priebus as as chief of staff. You don't do that. Like, are you out of your mind? Why did you pick Rince Priebus? He's going to pick a bunch of neocons. Oh no, I got drove me nuts by doing that. Go ahead. Yeah, why would he do that? Well, this 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 is a possible option. What he's doing is he's letting it all happen to get names. Huge list of names of globalists, New World Order, Council on Foreign Relations, blah, 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 all these different uh, organizations that do not have America's best interests in mind. He's getting names and the people they know and the people they know, they know, they know. And then maybe one day he's just going to just hammer them all for maybe treason or some kind of federal crime with the right attorney general. And in a huge swoop, if you will, a huge swoop, he uh, is going to remove them from office and do something like JFK did. What JFK said, you know, there's basically uh, secret societies are not allowed and there's a conspiracy within the federal government. And pretty soon uh, JFK was dead. But if Trump has people he trusts, and he's got a big, big, long list of all these, quote-unquote, evildoers, then maybe that is his grand strategy, and we'll see a massive house cleaning. 
um, under the again well, under I would the hope so, of, but <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the swamp is still there; it still remains. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he also has to wait till people get in key positions, uh, people he trusts. So under the theory of it's close, enemies closer, the list come out. But it's just a, I just thought I'd throw that out. Well, with those comments, uh, Dr. Colbert, uh, you want to answer on those? And then we've uh, yourself, Dan, and then we got Cindy on the line. Uh, so we hear from Cindy as well. Go ahead, Dr. Colbert. Actually, I agree. I, I agree with Kelly on the last uh, comment that he made, that that if you know who's around you and you know their position and you're letting them bury themselves, you definitely want to keep them close by with the, with them thinking they're going to manipulate you where, in fact, you're manipulating them. And only a smart businessman is aware and has the capability, and I agree that uh, President Trump has the capability of understanding that if you're going to structure a corporation and you have to fold it under a Chapter 11 in order to make more money under a different corporation, you do that. And that works in the business world as well as the political world. So I'm in agreement. You know, interesting. Um, When you think about power structures, it's not necessarily title. It's who you know. It's always been who you know, and that's the way things work. If you can make a quick phone call uh, to somebody who will take your call, or if you happen to see them at your club, uh, if they're, you know, some somebody who's going to be at that party that only certain people get invited to, you can get an awful lot done. There are people who are not in government who get a lot done, and we're not just talking lobbyists, mm-hmm. people who are friends, friends of friends. Um, so you've got an existing power structure. If I were the president, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to run. <laughs> Nobody'd vote for me. But if I was, it would be difficult. Uh, I'd be tempted to replace all of the jerks with people I know, and I know so many, and I could find more who are honest and fair and decent and smart and hardworking and constitute all that good stuff. And we'd be operating. Um, as figureheads, basically, because the real power isn't with these people. I have no very, I have very, very little power except over myself, and I'm not sure how much of that I have. Um, and most of my friends who are, are activists, we don't have a lot of power. We don't know the right people. Uh, we don't know how things work. So keeping an existing power structure in the interim. It makes sense if you want to get anything accomplished at all. Then there's another aspect to consider in Kelly's contention, which is that if you have people who are close to you in official positions, there are certain behaviors that they cannot do without breaking the law. As a private citizen, I can do all kinds of things. If I was a person who had a security clearance and a job title and had sworn, I have sworn the oath, but who who is currently under oath as an official of the government, there are tons of things you cannot do, you know, that you just, just as a simple, for instance, uh, not that anybody, I'm asking for gifts or anyone's giving me gifts, but I can accept a gift. I can give a gift to a friend back and forth we can we can be friends with each other we can use 
you know, intemperate language. We could curse. We could, uh, you know, do dumb stuff. Uh, we could go drinking. Um, not saying we these are all good things, but we can do them. If you're a government official and you do any of those things, then you're in deep shit as soon as, excuse my French, if that stuff comes out and potentially mm-hmm. could be in jail. So if I had people who were enemies. Yeah, well, if I could keep some, Hillary can say a lot of stuff and do a lot of stuff right now as a private citizen that she could not do as secretary of state without breaking the law. And she did break the law. And I'm hoping that, you know, before the statute of limitations is up, they give her a fair trial. And I'm pretty convinced that she'd be found guilty of any number of offenses. But if you have somebody in in office and you can give them enough rope, uh, they might just hang themselves. That's an interesting thought. At least politically hang themselves. And let's get ahead and uh, bring in Cindy. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you? Uh, We've tracked a little bit. I know you're in Florida, so if you have any uh, reports on your neck of the woods down there. Uh, I know you also have some people uh, in Texas, so if you want to convey some of that uh, as well, uh, you're welcome to it. Uh, But it's good to uh, hear from you. Hey there, guys. Um, welcome to the guest that is the conspiracy theorist of the day. <laughs> I got to say, guys, because of my, you know, Kelly takes his conspiracy theory mind and goes off in one direction. I go off in the other direction. Hold I, on, hold on, hold I on. Would've, it, it, I would have been... Ex- red flag. Red flag. Yes, Are you microaggressed? Did she did she just trigger you? What? Well, <laughs> I, 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 well, Cindy, uh, you know, of course, I always enjoy hearing you on the show. It's I, I said these are options, okay. possibilities. Well, well, I, I just, I would have said, you know what, Kelly, that's a great option. Like, you know, maybe a few months after he was elected. But now that I've seen some of the things he's done, I'm starting to worry about him. You remember back when we were first, um, you know, deciding whether to endorse him or not, I kept saying, well, he could either be an angel or the devil, either one. And we are not going to know until he's gooding into his presidency. Well, here he is gooding into his presidency, and there's some things that he promised that he did not do that I'm having problems with. And the reason is they're the top things on his priority that he hasn't done, okay? Um, His priority list was to build the wall to, you know, stop the immigration, uh, (laughs) stop the crashing the border, um, to give us tax relief, to um, increase our military and get us strong again and be tough, you know, on Islam, and he was going to da 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 prosecute Hillary. Well, right. of all of those of all of those things, he hasn't done a whole heck of a lot. And the one thing, you know, he's done some stuff that I was bothered by, you know, and I thought he was just going along to get along, you know. But he knows better than to raise the debt ceiling. And he went and did it anyway. Um, Made a deal with the devil to get something else, which is exactly what George 
W, uh, George Bush the first got in trouble for. Reagan you know, did the same said, thing. No new, no, no new taxes. taxes. <laughs> no new taxes. And then in order to get something, he allowed them to get something big. And I'm afraid Trump has done that again. And the thing is, he knows better. He knows better. He knows what raising the debt ceiling does to us. He promised us he was going to get us, um, you know, get rid of our deficit or at least, you know, make a big debt in our deficit. And he said he was going to stop all this kind of overspending crap. And yet that's what we've got. And where is he on the bully pulpit trying to get our tax relief? They're dragging their feet. You watch. They're going to go into Thanksgiving, Christmas. We're not going to see tax release this year. And that is really pissing me off. And I'm not a person who says pissed off. But I guess the Bible uses That's true. the word. I don't know so if I've ever heard you say that before, Cindy. We're not even in bar, <laughs> bunch of game of dark yet. But, yeah, <laughs> well, the Bible uses you, it. Yes, yeah, don't let your tone stop after the next three minutes. You won't, you won't be able to come back in. So go ahead. Yeah, well, well, the Bible other uses folks, it. You'd like not to try the way in. I did. Uh, push the one on your number dial. We'll get you in. Go ahead, Cindy. So anyway, that's why I'm not sure I I agree with that. Benghazi has not been prosecuted. Her email situation has not been prosecuted. Hillary's been allowed to get away with murder while he has allowed himself to be excoriated for nothing. And that really disturbs me. It really disturbs me. Um, does it set him up to do what he really went there to do, which was nothing, or even part of the New World Agenda? So well, I, I, I to, just – go ahead. Well, to that's, respond that's, on, on the Hillary what, idea, um, when, if he had prosecuted – let's look at political realities, and that comes down to popularity. You can have the worst guy or the best guy. If, if everyone hates him, it's easy to impeach. If everyone loves them, you can't impeach them, period, no matter what they may or may not have done. Um, right after the election, had he gone after Hillary, she would have been the victim. There were plenty of people who voted for her, people who like her, or at least were willing to accept her, and it would have been a complete loss. Now, she just published a book, and she blamed – I think she blamed everyone but me. I, she did blame you, Kelly. Um, she blamed <laughs> everybody in the world over her loss. I, I mean, it, it, there's the, the list is endless. Everyone but her right. is responsible. She is less and less likable. Even people on the left, even Democrats in the middle, even all kinds of people. I mean, hardly anyone likes her anymore. The more dislikable she is, the more acceptable a prosecution of her would be. And, and I want to say this as far as pissed off because we're we're close enough to after dark whatever um it is better to be pissed off than to be pissed on Un unless you're into that kind of thing <laughs> you're so right <laughs> well listen i i you know we 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 still have some time we'll see if he ends up prosecuting her but if she's not prosecuted her if she is not prosecuted let me tell you what an example that is for the rest of the of the the corrupt 
Washington real, real, real quick, Cindy, that we know real, real quick. Uh, real real sure. quick, Cindy, before you stop, before you started that, let's go. Uh, Dr. Colbert said he's got to go, so I was going to uh, oh, give him the opportunity to do his closing comments for tonight. Yeah, and and my closing comments are that I believe everybody on the show tonight is heading in the right direction, and it's going to be in a single point. When I'm on other talk radio shows, I get a moment to just thank God. So what I'd like to do is just take a moment as a pastor and remove my other hat and just thank God for the protection he's going to give us in America and the direction of discernment of spirit that we're going to get by following the orders that he gives us. Whether you believe or not that you're a God-created creature is something that you have to find on your own. But you have been called by God, whether you know that or not. So, Robert, thank you for the opportunity for being on your show tonight, and I'm looking forward to being with you guys again. God bless. Thank you as all right, uh, Dr. Tober. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you. Good thank night, you. Dr. Tober. Hey, we... I wanted to throw out something, if I may. Good night. Go ahead. Yeah, and he's gone. Oh, oh. It's going to be short for finish your Oh, hold on. I saw coverage. No, I'm okay. All right. So I covered um, options. He's been bribed, blackmailed, threatened. Um, he's oh, in on it. Um, about, I mean, hey, Kelly. I interrupted Having trouble hearing you for some reason. Yeah, you're I breaking th- up really bad. Are you moving or something? No, no, I'm not. I'm I'm still living where I live. No, but anyway. <laughs> no, but anyway. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe I think. Uh, oh, it's, it's happening again, Robert. It's happening out, okay. again. It's happening a little slower to get your point out. Okay, I talk fast. Okay, try again. Okay, go ahead, Cindy, and then we'll have uh, finish your thoughts, Cindy, and then we'll have uh, Kelly. We'll bring you in for that. Oh, I was just I w- I think I was basically done. I was just, you know, saying that it he oh, we've got okay. time. We've got time to see oh, if he do. prosecutes Hillary and if he does, then he's back on my list. If not, he's on the other list. And um I I'm just beginning to worry about it because when I look at the things he's done, there's some things that um the other elitists, the Rhino Republicans and uh elitists elitist Democrats might have done those things themselves, okay? I'm looking at everything he's done, and I'm like, okay, what has he done that would not have gotten done if, say, um, 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 Jeb Bush had been elected, okay? Somebody like that. And I I don't really see a whole lot of difference. I see difference between him and Democrats, but I don't see a difference between him and rhinos. That's what is disturbing me because the the argument between rhino de, uh, rhino Republicans and elitist Democrats, which is most of them, but anyway, the Democrats, is a very, very fine line of difference. And it has to do with the 
speed with which they want to bring America down is the only thing I see as a difference there. So well, anyway, ask a question though. Sure. Of all the candidates out there, besides uh, Ted Cruz, um, who I think would have done some of these same things, hard to say, but besides him, um, of all the candidates who are running, can you think of any Republican or Democrat who would a major candidate who would have um, instituted the Stossel rule for regulations, the first and only politician of power who's ever done that, and currently have eliminated not just two regulations for every new regulation promulgated, but eight regulations for every one promulgated. They're they're down 16,000 regs. How many of the people who were running would have appointed solely constitutional judges? I mean, every single judge on every level that Trump has put forth, there has not been one judicial activist, not one Republican or Democrat type judicial activist who's trying to push some point of view as an unelected jurist uh, acting as a legislator. Every single one has been has made muster. Um, that we know you, of anyway. Well, no. Well, I mean, so far, based on the rulings of the ones who've gotten in so far and based on their past rulings, obviously you can't predict what somebody's going to do in the future with any complete certainty. But um, I'm not looking at the big issues that, that – uh, occupy most people's uh, minds when they watch the news, the, 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 the overarching issues, with the exception of certain par- foreign policy things uh, like North Korea. I'm looking at um, actual accomplishments on the small scale that makes big differences. And so far, I'm not having a problem with the stuff that he's done, and I haven't seen anything except for... Well, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the things he's done. Yeah. I'm positive about that. I'm my problem with is with the things he hasn't done that he promised to do. And uh, when I look at the federal judges that haven't been approved yet and and I'm I'm wondering are those people going to be a change because really that's where the real difference is going to be in the court system. It's not necessarily in the Supreme Court, but all those small courts out there that keep like the Ninth Circuit that keep absolutely destroying and and then they're allowed to, to their rulings are allowed to stand uh, well, the Supreme challenge. Court just knocked uh, knocked out all of the challenges so far and pending their uh, overarching review of the uh, the travel ban uh, which is by the way completely not racist not anti-islamic it's not even the top five Islamic countries yes, by know. population in the world but um, the Supreme Court's upholding it um, without exception so far. And that just came down yesterday. Um, You've you got to look at what, in terms of, of what I want and promise, all right, I, I, personally, if it's a little thing that I can do today, you got it. If I promise you a big thing, I may not be able to do it immediately. It may require a lot of small things first. And if I want to be effective and I promise you a big thing and I put everything behind that big thing, then one of three things happens. The least likely is that I'm going to accomplish it and be able to just keep steamrolling along. The next two most likely things, next most likely, uh, unlikely rather, like not going to happen very um, in most 
at times in the real world, is I'll get that big thing done, and then pretty much that's it. Shot your rod, all gone. Nobody's going to uh, take you seriously well, anymore. You make any enemies. Large logic but the most likely, saying, uh, go ahead. Dan. Yeah, the the most likely thing, and that's not a uh, sexual term, by the way. I, I think I have a dictionary here. I think that has to do with uh, firearms. Actually, I know. <laughs> really, like flashing it is. the pan. It's revolutionary war. It's revolutionary war firearms. Gotcha. Well, yeah, um, because if you don't cram, if you're in too much of a hurry and you put the powder in and you put the wad down and you forget to put a ball in, then what you shoot is basically a scrap of cloth. And if somebody's not standing about five feet away, it has no effect but making a lot of smoke and noise. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the most likely thing is that if I get all these small things going and I get a a condition where I can win more and win more and win more and I've got some evidence and I've got people behind me, then going for that big thing not only becomes more certain that you're going to get it, but it becomes more certain that it's not going to be the last thing you ever accomplish. And, and, well, and we all there's certainly, real quick, there, Cindy, the jury real, is certainly Cindy, out on it. Cindy, can Go ahead. Uh, Kelly, also, I do want to be able. You're breaking up. Kelly, go ahead. Okay, Kelly, I'm hearing Kelly. Go ahead. All right, so, well, let's let's look at a little bit of the disappointment of uh, the American people with Trump right now, and I'm not talking the left. You know, okay, so Hillary's not in jail. Well, it does take a grand jury a while. You got to grant immunity to those around. Um, by the way, if uh, Hillary ends up in Ecuador that has no um, extradition treaty, yeah, then you know that, okay, somebody's after her, and a friend that was a witness at the grand jury told Hillary, and she's in Ecuador, and that means uh, Trump is doing something through the AG and the grand jury. So, okay, um, what else? The wall isn't built yet. Oh, wait, there's a solar panel idea running along the border, and you can pretty much, from what I've heard, you can uh, get most of the energy for the tree from these solar panels. Okay, that made a delay in the project, but it's brilliant. You know, um, but let's let's go back to the options. I'm going to repeat them quick, and I got another option. So, A, they blackmailed, bribed him, threatened him. Uh, B, he's in on it. C, those around him, he's trying, but those around him don't do his will. Uh, the other option was uh, he's getting names. Keep your friends close, your enemies closer, and then he'll pounce on them. Another option that came to me is is uh, congressmen have went to him and say, look, don't do this or we're going to impeach you. They can impeach a, a president because they have gas on their stomach if they have the votes. So maybe he's waiting, as I've mentioned before in the show, Maybe he's waiting for a Congress to uh, be elected that will do his will, and maybe that's why he's going all around the country still. Um, and it, when it comes 2018 and Congress gets elected again, maybe he's going to be having a list of, say, uh, what, there's 435. Maybe he's going to say, these are the 200 I want on my list. need these people in office, and they'll win them. Well, he better Primary. change his list for Alabama. Well, he's yeah. Got his, but he's, he's supporting the elitist, um, you know, 
idiot, the rhino in in Alabama. Yeah. Well, here's where I'm going with this. People are disappointed. There's a multiple bunch of options that are available that we, you know, that might explain the disappointment. Which one's really going on? I don't know. But um, when it comes to something very important, judges in federal courts, from what Dan is telling me and other things I've seen, yeah, he's doing the right thing because you can't, you can't compromise on that. And those he appoints are basically lifetime appointments. So that's a very good sign. He terminated TPP. He's not uh, going for the environmental treaty. He's brought in like $4 trillion, uh, in business back to America. Somebody told me that. Okay, well, let's give him $1 trillion. He's doing certain things here that are indicating that he does have America's best interests at, at, at heart. However, how much are his hands tied and who is tying his hands? That's that's the question. Um, again, as I mentioned before, he's going to have to get a Congress that's willing to do uh, go along with what he wants. Now, John McCain, by the way, he's one of those. Um, I'll say it in French, I guess. Shaheed's uh, yeah, All right. Um, <laughs> what, what, wait, what? What's the word? Shaheed. Oh no, no. Uh, you don't, you don't speak German, do you? No French. Shaheed. No, you know, right. anyway, uh, Shite's cough. <laughs> okay. That, that's the German word. In, German. in French, okay, okay, in right. French, it would be Mère de Tête. <laughs> it's American French. Shaheed. It's all right, anyway. to me. <laughs> <laughs> We'll spell it out, okay? And <laughs> Shaheed. All right. Anyway, um, all right. So, so John McCain uh, was instrumental in killing the revised health care bill. He walked over to the Democrats. Okay, that's his first error, walking over to the Democrats after it failed. And he said, now let's see Trump make America great again. Is this guy a Republican or a Democrat or a globalist? He's That's a globalist. the question. Well, yeah, no. yeah I mean, it's obvious. So, right. So he's right. So he's got to get replaced, which his brain problem is very severe. I mean, I would never wish anybody to die. Oh, oh, you're talking about McCain. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, John sorry. McCain. Yeah. Oh John no, McCain. he's so, uh, he's Manchurian. Well, whatever, yeah. Whatever he John is, McCain right. is the kindest, warmest, most what? How, how's that line go? Yeah, I I forget now. I've only seen the movie like three times, but I, so I don't really have the words down yet. But he is definitely. Well, I don't know because the the real Manchurian candidate didn't like what he what he was, and this guy did does. I think he really does. Well, he's an indication of. I mean, he was dumb enough to walk across the aisle and say that. But how many other Republicans need to be replaced? That's the question, and I've said this before. You know, 2018, um, it just is, I, you know, and, and by the way, an aircraft carrier takes seven miles to turn around. Yeah. Um, so somebody, and then you got, you know, a, a, a ship on the ocean can only 
turn when it's moving. So we can't expect instant instant things. And we're still well, you could. And, and there's, by the way, there's one I, way you I didn't, could. I, if if you were um, George, one of George Soros's folks, you know, or, uh, well, yeah, you know, yeah. an ideologue, or uh, you know, radical Islamist, whatever, you could you could stop it on a dime. But what happens when that happens is that there's tons of collateral damage. The only way that you're going to be able to uh, fix this country without a lot of people suffering and maybe dying, I mean, tens of millions of people. And and we're not talking about, you know, from, from necessarily FEMA camps or anything, but just from starving to death, from, uh, you know, losing jobs. You've got to maintain what works. What works is the economy works. The food distribution system works. It doesn't work the best it could. But there's very few people in this country who don't have access to food. Uh, the emergency rooms and the hospitals work. Um, if... If you act like a hurricane, then you look at places like Florida or uh, like Texas. If there weren't the rest of the country going strong and something like that happened, then uh, those people would be up the creek literally without a paddle. And it's going to take weeks and weeks to get power back to a lot of places, weeks and weeks to get water and, and uh, you know, get the roads fixed, get get the, the, uh, the mold out of people's... It's going to take a long time to fix this stuff. Um, if the entire country suddenly was stopped and thrown in a new direction and, you know, it, by an ideologue, okay? I'm a constitutionalist. I know some who... I think are foolish in the thought that, you know, if I got in uh, instantly, everything would be different. I'm going to do it. Well, you know what? You do that, you're going to throw all kinds of turmoil into it. If if one section, even a large section like Florida or Texas, has a really bad problem, there's still the rest of us to help fix it. But if the entire thing is messed up, who's going to be there to fix it? How do you possibly do that? So I, you've got a point. You've got a definite point. Um, you can only get done in terms of political reality what people really, really want, what the power structure is willing to cede to you. And right now, uh, neither the Republicans or the Democrats are playing ball with, with uh, Donald Trump. They don't like him. Um, they'll do a deal if they have to. But, you know, look what happened with the, uh, the ACA, you know, complete failure. And most Americans do want that gone. Did you just figure out what, what uh, Shaheed means? <laughs> oh, God. Well, tell you what, we do have... Uh, I, I a text. <laughs> well, we have, well, we have, have two, two real... others who'd like to get... Go ahead, Cindy, and then we have two others who'd like to get on the line. We've got Harriet, and we have John to go ahead. Yeah, we'll bring them on. Well, I just wanted to say real quick about the the FEMA thing and the um, the hurricanes and everything. I have a very politically incorrect viewpoint on that on uh, disaster relief. I think it ought to be done by citizens, groups, nonprofits. I don't think the government should be going in there and being an idiot of, uh, and doing things way more expensive than they should be. Um, with paid labor instead of a voluntary labor, I'm 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 on a disaster relief team. I'll be leaving 
probably the 17th. No, it'll probably be that next Thursday. And I'll be going down to South Florida um, to help with disaster relief. The, I'm it, going to Southern Baptist, and they do an excellent job. They have Cindy, every it job. It is mostly. Of, it, it isn't mostly government. You're right. It, it's mostly uh, small businesses, small uh, churches, small people helping banding together and helping each other. That's what mostly works. Americans are very good at this. In crisis, we band together. We work efficiently. We get things done. We're extremely generous. But here's the point, though. If a hurricane hit this area where I'm at right now, uh, something like Sandy or Agnes, you know, really bad, um, we wouldn't have the capacity to be sending tractor-trailer loads of people. I mean, hell, uh, during uh, the, the floods in Texas, we had people who had their bass boats, and they were towing them down in pickup trucks full of water and whatnot, and just here. We brought this stuff, and we got the boat, and they were just they instantly joined the Cajun Navy. Um, it's, it's not just a question of the government having resources to marshal and do stuff. It's a question of the people having that. If everybody up here lost their job, they couldn't afford to be taking time well, off from work. Or, or purchasing things, or even spending the gas money. Well, that was that was my point, though. Um, I was getting to that. That the reason I think that that we ha- we can't do it as much as we want to as um, private individuals is because the government takes all our money and spends billions of dollars on FEMA, and then is not really even prepared to do what it's supposed to do. You give. My, our organization a billion dollars, and I guarantee you there won't be one person who complains um, about you know not being able to uh, get this or get that or has no place to stay or blah blah blah. We could ship, we could we could take bus after bus of loads of people out of that place and set them up somewhere in hotels or whatever they need to do. We could have them spread out wherever they wanted to go. And, and take care of them if we had that kind of money. But we don't because the government keeps taking our money, and they take that billion dollars, and they spend, actually spend on those people about a million. So, I mean, well, it's probably more than that, but you know what I'm saying. The percentage of money that the government actually uses for disaster relief versus what they collect for disaster relief is incredibly stupid. So, and and by the way, we do send people in by the truckloads and by the busloads. I have a Suburban, so I'm going to be taking a group with me, but uh, everybody else is going on church buses and hired buses and, um, you know, know, all kinds of ways. But we go in there with all kinds of food. We go in there with hundreds of chainsaws, and um, we go with... um, our counselors and, and grief counselors, and we go in with child child care support and all kinds of stuff we go in there with. And we're not well, the only ones doing that. And, I know. And, Cindy, but, here's the thing. Yeah, I, I hope your group... Like more we could do if we weren't taxed out the wazoo. Oh, absolutely. We could do a whole lot more. But I hope your group doesn't get a billion dollars, because if it does, I guarantee you'll fail because you'll get too big and somebody will find a way to take that billion dollars and, and use it for themselves. It's much better. There, there are two different levels of 
disaster relief we're talking about here. The one that you're talking about is much better handled by small groups, churches, small organizations, groups of friends, and you're offering real help to real people on a real basis right now, things they need. They need the child care. They need toilet paper. They need water. uh, They need people to help them with labor, just clearing stuff off. Um, This is great, and the government doesn't belong in doing any of that stuff. But then there's the larger stuff um, to to provide – Rebuild the, the, to help the uh, um, utilities rebuild uh, tens of thousands of miles of infrastructure of, of uh, phone lines, electrical lines that may be down. That's something that uh, small organizations, churches, even no, people, I most people don't I have. I would go the, there. No, I'm not talking about going there on that kind of right, thing. Well, that's, fact, that's what, and then you that's need the, the National kind of Guard to come on and do. you need the National Guard to come in to keep order and stop looting and all that kind of stuff. That's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual hands-on relief part right. of the people. Right, but they're who two are different big. levels. And, right. And as far as the National Guard goes, uh, in any kind of uh, big city where there's so many bad people as and so many good people uh, that uh, you, you really have to have somebody there uh, to provide, you know, overall support, overall support for law and order. Uh, that's great for the National Guard. In small towns, I don't think that, it, that they should be there. I think it's real simple. Um, the county sheriff or the local municipality uh, officials simply deputize people that they know really, really well who are going to behave themselves, who are, are trained and uh, sober and careful and respectful to simply keep order. Um, anything bad happens in, in, in our little town, um, very, very few bad things have happened. We've had some floods. We've had uh, a few emergencies over the years. And generally speaking, nobody misbehaves because they know that if they do, it's 20 minutes at best before they're going to get a cop here. Um, so in the meantime, those 20 minutes, they're on their own uh, if they want to misbehave. On the other hand, if uh, somebody is stepping up against misbehavior, it's not 20 minutes. It's, it's uh, a minute or two, and everybody's out on the street backing them up because, you know, hey, we all want peace, quiet, be good behavior. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm more in favor of the militia uh, in, an, in, a, in a, um, a localized sense than I am uh, to have the National Guard, which is not a militia. It's not. It's it, no. The, the law was changed. T- Kelly could probably tell you more about when the law was changed, how it was changed. I think it's called, and this is not because this is uh, um, Bard's Logic After Dark, but it, it was called the Dick Act, I believe, after... Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, it was. Somebody's name. Somebody's name. We understand. That was his name, yes. And they basically replaced the idea of a citizen militia of just ordinary citizens called together in times of difficulty um, who had been training with some regularity and had uh, regular arms that would, that, you know, they were all carrying the same stuff, and replaced it with this federalized force that the government, governor can call out and then um, the president can nationalize. But in places like Miami Beach, I think it's a good thing to have because, you know, most people there are decent too. But if one out of 100 is a thug, 
you know, a looter, a criminal, a rapist, or whatever, who wants to take advantage of this bad situation to, to act up, uh, there's an awful lot in a city that has millions of people as opposed to a small town. We, we have 500 people in this town, if that, and we know the, the one out of 100 who's a jerk, and they know we know it, and they're not going to try nothing. And let's go ahead. Uh, we, unfortunately, everybody is at the bottom of the hour. I definitely sense uh, that this would be one of those shows we could probably squeeze another hour in if we had it. Uh, but let's go ahead, and we've got Harry on the line, and we also have John. And that's the order that we'll uh, be bringing them in. So first, let's go ahead and look up uh, Harriet. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Yeah, yeah I'm fine, thank you. Hi, Cindy. Um, thank you for Hi. your good work. I, I know Fort Lauderdale from the uh, public health days, and uh, we worked on Andrew, and we worked uh, on everything that came along. Anyway, uh, what we did in, in our community, and we live in a, uh, well, mobile home but we're manufactured home and so our homes are more permanent is that our management put in uh, generators for water and electric so nobody lost anything and most of us stayed home and the most we had was some branches fall off the trees and we live up on a semi-hill and the water didn't even come up our hill or our car or anything so we count that to being very very lucky and uh, we live in Ocala, so we're kind of away, out of the way a little, but still we took precautions and we were, were well prepared. Well, that's not the reason why I called in. What I called in is I've been listening very carefully to everyone tonight. No one spoke on what I call the most important thing as of 9-11 our country has hit over $20 billion in debt. Did anybody hear anybody talk about it? Yes, I did. I said I said when Trump allowed the debt ceiling to be raised, that, that's what really made me um, worry about him. When did, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He's, that's a raising it uh, for, for the... Um, for the program that he is involved in, which is the immigration program. But this is the debt ceiling that we acquired when we took over office from um, Trump. And it's $20 billion, it's $20 trillion as of 9-11, and no one has talked about that. And that was, is what I am um, bringing up uh, for information. So that's that's not good. That's not good that we were we were not informed of that. Well, no, they're going to yeah, try to keep that quiet. Yeah, I think it's closer to twenty-two trillion dollar debt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're going to try to keep that quiet, Harriet. They can't let you uh, be thinking about that. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to bring up. That's what I want to bring up. So if they're going to keep something like that important quiet, what else is uh, don't we know? No, oh, you can you can bet there's plenty. Yes, yeah, yes. Trillion I, here, trillion there. Pretty soon you're talking about yeah. real money. Right. Yeah, <laughs> real. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What what I could do with the trillion dollars? Let me tell you, we'd be on Mars by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's uh, 
there's much to be concerned about, like Cindy said, and um, and we just have to keep our eyes and our eyes and our ears and open and uh, bring up the issues when they we're confronted with them in the appropriate professional way, of course. And the other thing that I want to bring up is we've got to we've got the Republicans conservatives have to be sure we bring in a conservative president and we need to work on grassroots voting immediately. We've got to build the grassroots voting in because people are now dropping the Republican Party and they're signing in as um, um, independents maybe? (laughs) Independents, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we've done a lot in the you know, county mobile. Probably talk more about it in 2018. Uh, yeah, but now you know, it gets closer to, get to the election. Cause, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of we definitely got to get more grassroots folks in. Uh, and I, we mentioned this a couple shows ago, where I mean, I think if Trump really does, and I think this will be a here. I think 2018 is going to teach us a lot about Trump, and this is what I mean. And then Jen, yes, I'm going to bring him. So. I think, I think so. this is what we're going to learn. Two thousand and eighteen. Is he going to support, as you pointed out, Harriet? Is he going to support the grassroots, probably conservative candidates that are going to primary against Ryan, primary against right. the establishment? Right. And if and who is Trump going to stand on? Who is Trump going to maybe even endorse or go to the rallies or speak for them or whoever? I think it's going to be very telling. On on where the rest of the Trump administration goes, depending right, on who he right. supports in 2018. Exactly, and that's yes, what get, my my eye is out on. Yes. Okay. And if he supports, so I, you know the uh, yeah, if he supports the incumbent candidates, the most part, it's probably uh, you know going to be you know a rhino, and that's kind of the way he's going to. He's going to shift. I think that's the what you know what he's going to stick with. Uh, but if he gets out that's there and supports and says, "Hey, look, I said I was going to drain the swamp. I meant it." And the way to drain the swamp is get a lot of these career politicians out of here. Get you know get your grassroots your folks in. People who haven't held office before, at least a federal office before, uh, then uh, would be right, right. Uh, Wait, Robert. Your phone is really, your phone is really acting up tonight, Robert. I don't know what it is, but I'm getting about half of what you're saying. Well, that's terrible. It's probably yeah. Well, we we I tell you, we switched to AT and T just to try to, you know, do something different, and it's been a big regret ever since. Uh, uh, just, I could have. Didn't awesome. I tell you about? <laughs> I didn't tell you about them. <laughs> No, you didn't. Oh. No, you did not. They're awful. No, but basically, yeah, basically what I was saying is that you know, whatever, whoever Trump supports in 2018, it's going to be indicative, I think, of the rest of his administration, regardless of whether it's one term or two, uh, because he could either support the grassroots can the grassroots candidates, you know, the people who are going to be going up against the incumbents, uh, and I think that if he supports the incumbents, well. I think that's a, a bell of whether of, of 
what we're going to see in yeah, the, in the future has, with the. I, I think that has a lot to do with it, and and his support for Mr. Strange in Alabama is is making me scratch my head. So uh, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. he's going to back off of that. I think it was Dr. Tolbert last last week that said he thought that he had heard that he was backing off of Strange and was not going to endorse either candidate. But if he really wants to make a difference in the Senate, he needs to support Roy Moore. And um, if he doesn't do that, then he's not really doing us any good by not supporting the other guy either. So I don't know. I I don't know what to do. But listen, i got to go, guys, because I'm working, I got to go get ready for bed, and I have no electricity and no water, and it's kind of hard, it makes everything slower, so I'm going <laughs> to have to get off and get myself to bed, and, um, okay. Well, I appreciate it, Cindy, uh, okay. and, and, and you be well there, and I hope we hear from you again next week, uh, so we appreciate it, uh, you coming on, so let's go ahead. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll see you later, Cindy. I'm, I'm glad to hear from you because I haven't heard from for a little bit, so kind of getting a little yeah, concerned. Yeah, I know you, know, you have some people in Texas too. Yeah, yeah. They, they're my my people in Texas are northeast section. They they were not affected by the storm at all. Oh, that's oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So everything everything's good with them. We had more problems What's than that? they did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's go ahead and, and bring in John, uh, John. Thank you very much, John, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Welcome uh, for joining us. Oh, thank you much. I'm doing well. I think you guys are all sounding great and hitting a lot of good points, like many shows. You know, you got to listen to several shows to really follow what's going on because there's no one show that encompasses everything because there's just, like you say, there's never m- enough time. I do want to kind of repeat what I think Dan was talking about earlier. It is very inspiring and, and, and uh, motivation and encouragement for you taking the platform that you are, Robert, in helping make sure everybody's getting a, an opportunity to be heard. And the, part of the reason why I wanted to reiterate that is because when you look at what's going on throughout our nation, the divide-and-conquer mentality is taken so much of a root and there's different groups that are trying to um, marginalize or alienate other groups and whether it be the Black Lives Matter or the KKK skinheads or whatever you call them, white supremacist groups or whatnot, <laughs> everybody is tr- wants to, they're all legal United States citizens and they want a place to um, call their own, so to speak. And as long as we've got more corruption in our government, they're sowing psychological seeds that this is the way of life, that you use manipulation and corruption in order to get what you want. And that's why a number of shows back, I was saying if we continue down the same road we're going in a year and a half or so from whatever that two years from that point, we're going to see martial law and stuff because psychologically the the enemy doesn't care whether we like them or trust them. All they care is that we can't trust each other. And as long as we don't learn this lesson that we're all in this together and if we continue to use the government to get what we want and to, you know, benefit our own pocketbook and we don't care about other people, we're still using, um, 
fallen into this mental thinking of uh, Democrat and Republican and, you know, black lives and white lives or whatever the division tactic and strategy is, we can't win. We're going to continue to go down the doggone hole. And that's why I continue to preach mutuality of agreement. Because if I, if I might be on the opposite end of the scale, if I don't show you respect and consideration and care about you as a human being to give you the same privileges and immunities as me of being able to decide what laws, rules, processes, and procedures of self-governing encumber you, then you're not going to care about mine and my issues, and it only leaves to fight. Because there's only two paths. Either we work by mutual assent together or we argue until the point we start beating each other to death. And that's the only two choices. And I, I just see it. And anyway, I did want to reiterate that I appreciate the fact that other people are able to voice themselves because there are too many people in the mainstream media and all these other talk shows that shut people off or they want to um, call in or mock them and whatnot. And it don't it doesn't seem to matter who you whether you're left, right, whatever, Republican, Democrat. I hear it all the time, and with I've been caught up in it to a certain degree myself. And and you know something has prompted me in my spirit to say, hey, you better start checking yourself, because if you start falling into this same stuff, then you're just as crooked as the ones that you are complaining about. Like I think Dan was saying earlier to that. But anyway. It's just a thing that really gets to me a lot is that psychologically we're allowing ourselves to be manipulated and we don't even see it. And we're just blind to it for some reason. And I think that's the biggest thing going on and why you see all these uproars going on around the country, more cops being shot at or killed. And then you have, like you guys were talking earlier, Kelly was saying how these people have lost their mind. Well, the leaders are setting up that psychological stuff because when you have a country that's predicated on the fact that all men are created equal and that we're all supposed to have the same privileges and immunities and you just manipulate it, you're not self-governing and you're not a free people if somebody else gets to manipulate you. And as long as they continue to take your money every paycheck and whatnot and they make sure they get theirs and they're going to take it at the point of the gun, if if you don't go along and allow them to do what they want, they're going to use the judicial system and the law enforcement system to take it from you. And then they're going to tell you how they're going to spend your money. They don't care whether you like it or not. They don't care whether you get consent or not. And they're going to do it against your will or not. And then they're going to dictate the laws and rules to the things that you do as well as the money that you get to keep that they say you can keep, how you can spend it. That's just gangster, thug-style, mafia, criminal enterprise government. And unless we wake up to that, we're all just falling down the same rabbit hole. That's excellent. Everybody's made some great points, and I appreciate it, and I'm glad everybody's talking about it and looking forward to a more solidified United States where we actually can be united. Thank you much. Back. You know, you're mentioning uh, people waking up, people being aware. Um, I think a lot. Oh my gosh, we just lost Dan. Oh, it's awful. Oh, I hate, he's right in the middle of talking, and we lost him. Oh, and he's oh, not going to be able to man. call back in. That is awful. I hate when that happens. I tell you what, that's a NSA Bob probably doing that again. Uh, 
So I tell you what, boy, that drives me absolutely crazy when that happens. Uh, he's right been, in the middle of sentence. Oh. He'll, he'll probably be sending. He may be sending me a message on Facebook. Uh, Tell Sam to come Facebook, back next but, week and pick up where he left off for Bob. I mean Robert. Ah, uh, you can call me Bob, Robert, whatever. But Ben needs to come yeah, back next week, and everybody else come back next week, and and we'll pick up from where Dan is going to talk. There we go. Yeah. yeah, it was good to hear from Dan. He used to, he used to come on quite often, and then he uh, got really busy in his activism. I know he's doing a lot of activism there in Pennsylvania. Uh, and so uh hasn't uh, been with us for a while, but it's good to uh, hear back with him. Hopefully, yeah, uh, John, hopefully we'll, we'll hear uh, from him more again. Uh, and, of course, yeah, definitely more people, of course, welcome to come in. I try to uh, do our roundtable discussion where, you know, try to make it as much equal time as people would, or at least as much time as people want to have uh, on the show. Uh, so that's why we promote on here that, you know, what you call in, you can stay on as long as you like, you can stay on and be on uh, for the entire show. We, we do the roundtable discussion. I try to make it, uh, as I said, as, as equal as I possibly can or give people as much time uh, to talk uh, as they'd like. Uh, and then I'll just interject with uh, my thoughts and comments here and there, uh, you know, on occasion. And, uh, and yeah, Harry, it's, uh, it's good to have you on as well. And uh, be, be be good to hear some new folks and some also uh, some old friends who, you know, because we've been, we've been at the show since uh, 2012 and want right, to keep it right. going and, you know, uh, want to get, you know, get to other guests and people to, you know, contribute uh, what their thoughts are because, as I, you know, say here, and for the people who are new listening to the show, uh, this isn't—I don't consider this my show per se. That's why we call it uh, the Grassroots Weed People Show. This is uh, your, the audience, show to uh, have your voice out there be heard. And so I do see are that it is uh, quarter to. Go ahead, Darian. No, I just wondered if you're still there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I don't I'm have still here. Yeah. To say, I'll, yeah, I'm listening. Okay, and then, uh, Susan, who uh, looks like we, you know, we we lost her call as well. She did send me a message there on uh, Facebook where they were talking about. Uh, she's a real Rand Paul fan, as folks may recall. Uh, she was saying, "says Rand yeah, Paul yeah. would have done many things better." She says, "In Trump, I mean, he, he, here's what I have to say." Uh, well, there we go. Yeah, Dan said. Uh, just lost connection, was going to speak to the social contract, uh, which is not proper unless both parties have equal benefit. And waking from a dream in a dream to find out you're still dreaming. <laughs> I don't know what that last <laughs> part was, uh, but I, I'm going to go ahead and let them know I just sent that to I'm typing here on Facebook. You know what the contract was stated as, right? What's that, John? I was I was just asking. He was he briefly mentioned about the social contract, and I was like, I'm thinking that he's relating to the same social contract I'm thinking of. And I was asking you or who, you know those listening, um, you know what that was related to, right? The equilibrium of power, and how the strong those that are in positions of of privilege that have more knowledge or more influence and position of power on the issue. 
they take an oath to not take advantage of those that are less fortunate or less weak, you know, and it's kind of like running roughshod. It's insider trading issues. You know, it's like, hey, why sh- if, if you're taking your privileged knowledge and using it like an insider trader to make profits and stuff, well, you can use it. In, and that's why I've said on this show many times before, too, that those who work in our government, it's the biggest insider trading scam on the American people in history. They, uh, there should be more antitrust issues over that because they have access to all kinds of information on private you know, companies as well as private individuals and the data that they can get access through our government data mining processes. And it's even just getting worse. And now they can use all of that insight and stuff against us and deprive us of our right to self-govern. Back to you. A way of our, a way of our test. Uh, and I would really, I tell you what, I'd really like for us to have our, our conversation with Dan on the line. I'd like to hear what his uh, take on, you know, we talked about, you know, getting things done and being able to, and you know, well, you, for folks who are familiar with the show, you'll know what I'm, what I'm talking about. I think, uh, we had a, one of our little uh, spats, uh, so to speak, <laughs> last show. Uh, so if you had to listen to it, listen to the last like half hour or something of that nature of, of last week's show. Uh, John and I were kind of going at it. You would almost think we were going fisticuffs or something uh, last no, week, but uh, <laughs> it's all it's all a good conversation. <laughs> hey, that, that's that's how we are able. You sharpen me by doing that, and I I appreciate you challenging me. Well, that's, that's great, Don, and uh, and and so yeah, and so you know, we'll we'll work on uh, you know. On things further. I mean, me and you. I think me and you should just have like an entire show one time, but uh, just to do that. But I, I don't know if we'd ever be able to have have the time. Maybe when I finally get to retire, I'll be able to do the show full time again, like I used to. I miss those days, Harry, when I when when Bard's Logic was on the air for like five days. Well, it was on the air. Seven, there was a time when Bard's Logic was on the air for seven days a week, uh, where I yeah, did a live yeah. show f- five days, and then two days I do rebroadcast. Uh, yeah, I remember but, that. But now, uh, yeah. now, now, time limits uh, does not allow me uh, to do that. I was I wasn't actually working at the time. I I got laid off, but it did give me the opportunity to really get involved in the election and and uh, you know in 2012 and, and you know we we got to meet with some good people and you know we we had a couple groups, a couple radio shows that were that actually worked together. Uh, you know, with with things there in 2012, and uh, maybe that's something that can in 2018, you know, come about again. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see on what that. What happened so, to just, Arlene? What happened to Arlene? She used to be around. I don't see her anymore. I, I don't see her very often either. I, I you know, just kind of a, a lot of folks. You know, a lot of folks that we had uh, just kind of faded off. I mean, I don't I don't really talk to. I'm, I'm, you know, you know Rex, and I don't really talk to him. Uh, very, very, I haven't I talked to him in a very long time. Uh, yeah, he, him and I, he's uh, just partial now. He's not on every week. He's on just rarely anymore. Oh, Rex! Yeah. I thought they were on every Sunday. Yeah. No, well, maybe he's back. Uh, he was on this last Sunday, but he uh, closed the uh, program off and. Uh, that was the last I heard, and then I picked up on Sunday that he was back on. So I don't know if he's 
every week or what, but for a while there he was off the uh, program. Oh, well, was it just... uh... Was it just Trog, I guess that's his nickname he uses, or? No, both of them are are still on together, the last I heard. I heard last Sunday, and they're still oh, okay. on together. Yeah. Oh, they just don't do it ever. they just don't do the show every week? That's, it seems like that. I'll see next week. I'll see. I'll take it. I'll try to get, I'll get on and see. But this last week he was on, and a couple weeks before he wasn't. So I don't know what's going on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I I called in there. I, I didn't I didn't get on. I don't even know if they take callers uh, on the show. Uh, but not as far on, on the as show. I know. They. Yeah, I don't know if he does or not. I don't hear him. No, I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they take callers. But anyway, but yeah, we we so you know work together on. On things, but anyway, so what we've got here is uh, we've only got about uh, you know, just a couple of minutes actually, about four minutes before I get a shut out, uh, shut down the show. And so, uh, you know, if, you, if either one of you got any closing comments you'd like to finish off uh, for the show tonight, uh, you've got about about a minute and a half to do so if, if you'd want to do that. Do you have any closing comments for us tonight, uh, Harriet? Well, I just uh, thought the show was fantastic and very informative, and these are subjects that I myself am very interested in expanding on. And you know my Facebook uh, group is growing, Colgate, and I pick and choose my people very carefully, and uh, these people are very intelligent and they have a lot of information and uh, so what I say is I'm expanding my knowledge and education from my own group alone. And if if it's something isn't right, they'll come right in and tell you. And uh, they have, uh, I really, I, my group is over 200 people. I started with about 10. And I think the last I checked, I have a, close to 400 people following me besides. So... Oh, that's I great. build up a I build up a business <laughs> with no financial return. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of like me in the show. I don't make any money from the show. I no. spend money doing it between my between uh, the platform and uh, and my website. You know, I, I definitely right, right. There, there's no money. Yeah, there's, there's, I actually spend money to do this. So. <laughs> right, right. Well, you enjoy it. You enjoy. It. You could be doing other things, so you might as well be doing this. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. I could be playing more video games because I do like to play video games. Right, uh, right. And so, right. <laughs> and so well, well, I appreciate it, Harry. It's great to hear from you again. Of course, you're welcome Thank to call you. and and, and, that. and if you have any certain, yeah, if you have any specific topics you want to discuss or or if you have any I'll if you have any guests you want to have on the show, let me know. We'll we'll, we'll look to get them on. All right, I'll I'll look for some. <laughs> okay, I'm going to clog well, off tonight. I'll see you next week. Don't forget to I'll post see you on next week. We, yeah. Yeah. Ch- okay, and check out night. folks. Uh, Polgate. Uh, yeah. Group. Uh, group there on Facebook. So just uh, type mm-hmm. in P O L L G A T E and you'll be able to find the group. And, you know, uh, if you meet the criteria, you could join the group. But that's up to Harriet. Yeah, uh, so let's get Angela, this time. Angie, yeah. 
Angie Hale and I are co-administrators. Um, oh, Angela, yeah, she needs to come. I haven't yeah. seen her in a while either. Yeah, she invite her to, uh, to come back on and listen to the show. Uh, oh, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen her from her for a while either. Yeah, she's still around. She's still puffing away. <laughs> oh, good. Well, tell her I said hello. Well, let's go ahead and uh, donate. Uh, I'm going to give you about a minute, but that's about all we got for us to shut things off. Go ahead. Hey, don't even need a minute just to say that it's just been an awesome show, and I hope everybody tells all of their family and friends and their neighbors to, you know, check out BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com and and BardsLogicPoliticalTalk on Blog Talk Radio, and they get involved and help make America great again. Thank you, Robert. You have a great evening. See you next week. And all my best to all my friends and family and and those that I don't know in – Texas and, and uh, Florida, may the best, you know, may everything work out to your advantage and, and, and your, the best of life be ahead of you. Thank you, John. We always appreciate uh, hearing from you each week. And so, uh, yes, yeah, so simply check out uh, the website at Uh There you can follow me on Twitter, uh, and you can also tweet out uh, the link to tonight's show as well as going to the contact page where you can uh, copy and paste uh, for tonight's show with the link, uh, and you can send the people on email uh, so they can share uh, this show as well. And we would, of course, like to hear from you uh, as well, and that's with uh, your topic, uh, your discussion. If you have a certain guest you want me to try to get on, uh, just give me the information, and I will reach out to them uh, to get them onto the show. But, of course, at this point, I do need to end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. We'll see you next week. Take care and good night. Thank you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.